Blog Talk Radio.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, I forgot to put this window back down there. Sorry about that. This is what we're going to do, man. Not your average Tuesday, and not your average means we do something not average. And on Tuesdays, it's always sports. We're going to talk about everybody, all the things, whenever, whenever, however. Today's going to be a bit different. Not your average Tuesday. We're going to New York Giants today out. We're going to, we got some interviews. Press conferences from the <clears throat> the new general manager uh, Joe S and Brian Dabo. Uh, we will play those later for you guys, uh, so you guys can hear it. We get to talking about uh, Giants free agency, Giants draft, Giants trade talk. Uh, any and everything seems to be open for a new general manager coming in to today's game uh, or to, to to the Giants team. So. Uh, We're going to talk about all of that good stuff, all of that great stuff um, uh, going on today. Of course, this is not going to be uh, the last presser that these gentlemen have. They will have multiple this week as this is the combine. Um, <clears throat> let me pull that up, too. I forgot to pull that up as I was getting everything else set and ready for y'all uh, for today. Um, let's see here. Boom, bada, bang, bang. We up in here doing our thing, thing. Um Sorry, one second. Yada yada, bang bang. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna talk about the the Giants. We're gonna talk about roster moves that could could not be made, that should should not be made. Um, transactions that may be a trade, that may be just a straight up cut and save some money. Um, maybe even restructure. Um, again. Uh, when I think of a restructure of a deal, I think that that player is good enough to uh, help the team move forward, but their quality of play has not maybe awarded the current contract. So, hey, let's go ahead and, and make something happen. A uh, similar situation in Green Bay with the person I can name is Darius Smith. Uh, the production, as it has been up when he's on the field, he has not been able to get on the field through injury. Uh, so, Green Bay thinks he should take a cut. Will he take a cut? We'll see. Are those type of people on the New York Giants? We will see uh, as as the gentlemen come full, filing in here, uh, talk about if they think anyone should just take a pay cut or if anyone should just get cut, you know, not even just pay cut, just cut. Just get the hell on up out of here, you know what I mean? And uh, I think um, I think the, the, the biggest things uh, are obviously the biggest numbers, but you can also clear – Clear, clear cap space, uh, and and also air in most areas, uh, just by letting guys go that, that have been dead weight for for multiple years. So, um, uh, you know, let's see how this goes, um, and we'll see how everything plays out uh, for the New York Giants. So, um, as I did the aforementioned uh, Joe Shane and. Brian Dabo presses, which we'll, we will get into in just a minute. Um, just so we know, um, there are 82 participants from the SEC, uh, 54 from the Big Ten, 36 from the Pac-12, 35 from the Big 12, 34 from the ACC, and 20 from the Athletic American Athletic Conference. And it goes on down. They do have representat- representatives uh, from the Mountain West, Independent, the Conference USA, the MAC, and the Sunbelt. Some of those guys is not very many, but they did show enough uh, to warrant um, some things. So 
as we look at it, the NFL Combine schedule, Monday, February 28th, they're going to get registered, get everything in the pre-exams. That was yesterday. Today's going to be the general medical exam, potential special studies interviews, um, oh, or potential special studies, and then, of course, interviews uh, across the league. And then, of course, Wednesday, um, quarterbacks, wide receivers, uh, and tight ends will be available Wednesday for media sessions, interviews, ortho exam, and the NFLPA meeting. And then, of course, we will see quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends on Thursday uh, do their measurements and their drills. Uh, and then, of course, offensive linemen, uh, they are a day behind. So we will see offensive linemen running back and special teams a day behind that. We will see them on Friday do their measurements and drills. And then, of course, offensive linemen and linebackers will be on Sunday or will also be on Saturday with the other guys. Uh, full slate on Saturday there. Uh, and then also on Saturday, defensive backs or on Sunday, the defensive backs uh, will get their measurements and drills uh, from on NFL Network from 2 to 7. So I'll run those down and run back through those uh, numbers and times again uh, a little later in the show for everyone so we can get, um, you know, everything pumping and moving here. Um, so pretty much going to um, – give me one second here. Um, one second here. Sorry, guys, ladies, kids, adults, everybody. Sorry about that. Just getting some uh, messages sent out there. Um, again, the number to call is 914-205-5796. Again, if you're probably on this, uh, you will know the deal. Um, so, hold on. I'm so sorry about that. That was a minor inconvenience in the internet connection. I had to get it back up and running and back the way it should be going. Uh, so check it out. We're going to go ahead and uh, play this presser for you guys here. Uh, it's going to be Joe Shane, uh, general manager, new general manager of the New York Giants. Uh, we're going to listen to the, the presser he had today, powered by AWS, at the NFL Combine out there in Indy. if we can get it going here. Oh, you're going to make me do this, huh? You're going to make me do this. You, you're going to do this on the day like today, huh? You a real piece of work. Here. Try this again. What are, you, uh, what are you taking away from the guy that just followed your all those good things he said about here are very true. No, I mean, we could be here all day talking about what, I, what I've taken from Brandon, whether it's, you know, how to treat people around the building, you know, how to build through the draft, free agency, you know, throughout the entire football organization, training room, strength staff, you name it. Again, I'm, I'm fortunate that, you know, he put me in his hip pocket and allowed me to go along for the ride, you know, during my five years in Buffalo. So, you know, I, I can't thank him enough for, for that opportunity. Do you feel like those five years really prepared you for this moment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, I told people before, I came up on the personnel side, the traditional scouting path, as you will, and there's, there's a lot more to the job than just sitting in your office and watching film for 12 hours a day. So Brandon came up the football operations side, and he can evaluate and he can scout, and he you know, became an interim GM, you know, really dove into the personnel side. So his exposure to the football operation and his background in, in that area, um, you know, is really what I wasn't exposed to. So.
five years were invaluable in terms of learning how to manage and lead an entire football operation. Because, again, you're not sitting in the, my office for 12 hours a day. It's a revolving door. And, you know, kind of days of watching film for 12 hours, you know, those uninterrupted, those days are over. Soon. We'll start making those soon. We're, we're still meeting probably this afternoon into tomorrow, but there's – it's kind of a, if this happens, then this. There's, there's a lot of contingency plans that, that weigh on some of the decisions that we're going to make. So we're getting together with some of the agents of, you know, the players on our current roster and, you know, starting some initial conversations on, on, on different things. But sooner than later, you know, we'll start making the necessary moves to, to get under the salary cap and, you know, start planning for the 2022 season. Yeah, we're still working through that, but I, I mean, I'm open to everything. Like whether it's, you know, again, trading player for player, you know, I'll listen to anybody if it's, if it's trading, you know, a couple players, um, you know, I'm not going to say the entire roster, you know, we're open for business on the entire roster, but if um, anybody's going to call and, and they're interested in any of our players, I'll, I'll certainly listen. And again, we're, we're in a situation where unfortunately we have to get under the salary cap and we're not very good salary cap health. And, you know, again, I'm not going to say yes to every deal and, but I'm I'm definitely going to listen and I'll be open to the situations that are best for the New York Giants. Not yet. Again, we we just got the staff together. We just met as an entire offense, defense, special teams, as an entire staff uh, before we came to um, you know the combine. So again, we're still working through all that. We're fortunate with you know Dave's being a new head coach. We're going to be able to have a mandatory mini camp before the draft, so we're going to get to be around the entire team, you know, the guys that are under contract um, leading up to the draft. And, again, we have until May 2nd to make that decision, so we're going to be patient and go through the process. Yeah, I don't think it's really fair to compare player to player, but um, – as I said in my introductory press conference, you know, I think Daniel's got size, he's got arm strength, he's athletic, he's a smart kid. He's in the building all the time. Um, last week, you know, a lot of our families are out of town between the new coaching staff, and we got a pretty good morning workout crew, and, you know, it's 5.30 and Daniel Jones is in there working out, you know, getting it in. So um, I've been really impressed with the kid. Um, you know, again, he was drafted there for a reason. I'm looking forward to, to working with him. Yeah, no, we're going to bring in competition everywhere, but Daniel Jones is our, he's our starting quarterback right now. And again, listen, he was injured last year and they had, you know, they had a backup quarterback. Again, if we did the same thing with Josh Allen last year, I think the backup quarterback is one of the more important positions in the league. So it's something we're going to look at and, and we're going to address. But it's not just quarterback; it's across the entire entire league. I think building depth is is going to be a priority. It may be a little bit harder early on, but um, as you continue to build your team over the years, you know that's how you're allowed to create more depth. Yeah, so you, offensive line is obviously a Yeah, it's a unique position. I mean, I think some of it's the makeup of guys. You know, I think if if you talk about a unit in terms of five offensive linemen, they all got to be working together and in sync. So, you know, I look at the type of guys, you know, we talk about smart, tough, and dependable. We talked about that in our press conferences. I think you, I think you start there and then, you know, you move to the talent aspect. You know, do they, 
do they have athleticism? Do they have strength? Do they have power? You know, what type of run scheme are we going to be in? What are we going to ask them to do? But, you know, I think it's, um, you know, an intangible position just as well as a physical position. Joe, you said that uh, more often than it's on the first Yeah, that's part of the reason I'm excited to be here because we, we went through two weeks of meetings in, in February and – you know, I was around some of the players at the Senior Bowl Thursday and Friday. We were able to do some interviews. But, you know, there's some players I just haven't been around. I haven't talked to them. I haven't had any interaction with them. So the fact that we're back here at the Combine, you know, we get those 45 interviews where you get them for 20 minutes. It's been, it's been a great opportunity to get in front of the kids and talk to them and, and really get to know them. And I think that's really important. And we'll continue to do that through um, March and April as it leads up to the draft. But, you know, that's definitely a priority of mine to get around as many players as I can. I think we have five healthy offensive linemen right now on the roster. So uh, you're correct. So yeah, I mean, again, we're gonna there's there's several holes that we need to we need to fill, and again, through any avenue we can, free agency, trades, draft, college free agency. You got to remember, there's there's two classes of basically the college draft. A lot of kids went back to school last year with the COVID year, so you know maybe there's a surplus of college free agents that can make your team. You know, so we're going to look at every avenue um, that we can to upgrade the, the the roster. You know, offensive line is included in that. Yeah, again, I haven't been here 24 hours yet, so I haven't got to got a chance to talk to a lot of people. But yeah, we're, we're open uh, to moving back, moving up, staying staying as well. You know, we. Find seven players you like in the draft, and, you know, good, I can sleep good at night because two of those guys will be there, one at five and one at seven. So uh, if there's a guy – again, we haven't been around them yet, so it's important to meet the kids, make sure they're, you know, our type of guy. And, and once we do that, if we come up with seven that we like, I'm happy staying. If there's a guy we fall in love with, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of moving up and I'm not afraid to move back. So we'll, we'll be open for business. very calculated and that's that's kind of my initial comment in terms of you know we got to have contingency plans so you know kind of the if then scenarios and we've we went through a lot of those so if we don't get where you know to where we have money that, that we can do something in free agency then it's going to be hard but again back to my you know introductory press conference we want to be able to be competitive today and also built for tomorrow and i think if if we're able to do this the right way i think i think there's a real possibility that we're going to be able to do that Absolutely. I think you got to do that every year. I think you're always going to evaluate quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident in the players that are there. Again, where we are, again, five and seven, you know, in terms of just the first round, you know, finding seven players that we really like that fit. Um, you know, position specifics, critical factors, and the type of football makeup and the type of character we want to bring into our building, then I'll sleep good at night. You know, if it's too high to take a guy or whatever it is, that's fine. You know, what I care about is what the people think in the building. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll do our due diligence and make sure regardless 
you know, whether it's a deep draft or not, that, you know, we'll find somebody that we like and we'll be able to contribute for us. We say these people, the, the players. Yeah, we're, we're yeah we're behind again. We just met as a, a staff a week ago as a full staff. You know, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, their staff, the special team staff. But I'll say this: it's a blessing and, and a curse that you know, again you're away from your family, which stinks for all of us. But a lot of the new staff members are moving from other places, so you know it's, it's morning, noon, and night. You know, guys are in there. We're kind of building our bond. I know Dave's has taken the, the staff out several times for. Uh, for dinner and, you know, there's you know, a lot of laughter and, you know, offline conversations. But coaching staff has been working really hard, not just on installing playbooks, but they dove into free agency with the names that we gave them and then, you know, also some of the draft picks that we're going to speak with here. And when we get back, we'll have free agency meetings with the coaching staff. You know, they've been great in terms of their evaluation and uh, their ability to communicate what they're looking for, you know, defensively, offensively. And, you know, that makes our job easier to go, you know, find those type of players. So we're a little bit behind, but, you know, we're going to catch up real quick because the staff's been amazing. They've been working really hard, and we've got real real good synergy right now between both groups. It's an advantage to face-to-face with the prospect. Is it also an advantage in your opinion to have the coaching staff also be there so you guys can exchange Yeah, absolutely. I think when – you know, when the coaching staff and the personnel staff are aligned in a pick, I, I think those are sometimes your best picks, and they're also, you know, the type of people you want in the building. So I think, you know, sometimes we throw some soft tosses maybe to the coaches, like, hey, this guy's pretty good, and they pay a little bit more attention to those guys at the combine, and, and now you get them on board. So, um, you know, we, we have the players we like, and then some of our job is, okay, how do we navigate to get the coaches to where we are? And this is the start of that process. Um, some of the players we interview, we may know they're great kids, and then they come in and they blow it out of the water, and, Coach is like, yeah, I like that guy. Well, you know, that's part of the plan, too, getting him to where you want him to be. So I think it's very important for our coaching staff to be here, and, and I'm glad they're so immersed in the process and they're excited to help us out um, from the coaching staff side. Everyone, we've got time for one last question. One last question, right here. Yeah, again, I'll be open to, to anything. I'm open for business. If somebody wants to move up, if we move back or get a 2023 pick, Again, I'll be looking to do what's best for, you know, the New York Giants 2020-22 and, and, and beyond. So, again, compete today, build for the future. But I'm not – I'm like a – so I'm going to plan for staying there. I'm going to find seven players that I like, and I'm going to know I can sleep good at night. And if somebody calls and it makes sense for us to, to move back um, or if there's somebody we love, you know, a couple spots up and we can go get them with the draft capital, I'm good with that. But we're going to keep all, all options open. Oakley Doakley, fine people. Um, give me one second here. <clears throat> Lower the volume on that. Uh, yeah, so pretty much uh, that is uh, Joe Shane today uh, from the Combine in Indianapolis. Uh, pretty much some of the questions, if you're just joining in or if you're, or if you're, or if you're uh, well, <clears throat> you know, just getting in with us, um, pretty much uh, he joins, uh, he joined her, he joined him in the first thing they asked because he's funny uh, that it went this way, but right before him, Bill's general manager, Brandon Bean, was on the stadium or on the podium. And then, of course, right after him, the guy, Joe, uh, gets up there. Uh, and pretty much they ask him, uh, what, do they got, what does he got to say about Brandon Bean? The guy just, you know, preceded him. He said all the good things he said about me, Joe, Joe, uh, Shane, 
uh, Shane, Joe, Shane uh, joked uh, are very true. He added, we could do here. We could be here all day talking about what I've taken from Brandon, whether it's how to treat people around the building, how to build through the draft, free agency, through the entire football organization. So just uh, pretty much uh, amazing, glowing things to say about his uh, former boss. Um, and then, of course, Sean was Sean, sorry. Shane was asked about the salary cap situation and free agency set to open on March 16th. And then, of course, he said we're making those soon. We're still meeting in the afternoon into tomorrow. But it's kind of uh, if it happens, then this. Uh, there's a lot of contingency plans that weigh on some of the decisions that we're going to do, what we're going to make. We're going to we're getting together with some of the agents and players, and, and yada yada yada. Pretty much the gist of all this, then what we got, what I got from it, and I'll let other people come in and uh, whenever uh, I, um, you know we're good here. But um, look here, this is what I got from two days uh, from what I got from this presser uh, that was about 12 minutes long. Um, call me. I'm open for business. I'm happy to stay. We're ready to build. Draft, undraft, trade. I'm making this team better for now and in the future. I mean, excuse me. See, you're sorry about that. Uh, excuse me there. Uh, but yeah, pretty much that's what I got the gist of it. Um, a lot of GM speak, a lot of, you know, gooder things. I think the good things uh well-spoken things that he said there um the, the 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 real questions uh that i think hit home um because pretty much uh, like i said it was a lot of a lot of gm speak i'm here to make things better yada 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 and then um here's where it gets interesting um he's asked about picking up the fifth year option on the quarterback daniel jones not yet he said so it's a not yet you know, and we'll get into that later. Uh, he also noted that they've been together as a full staff at this point. We're looking at uh, – oh, sorry. He also noted that they have not been together as a full staff for long at this point. And I think if you were there at the end, a week is about what he said. They've all been together, um, all together meeting. So uh, he said they're going to be patient and go through the process. Um, I think this is this is a lot. This this whole 12 minutes says a lot because he was also asked about the quarterbacks in this draft uh, and should they draft one and things of that nature. And he just said, we haven't met him. Uh, we haven't talked to him. We don't know yet. Again, uh, I will read you schedules, uh, but quarterbacks are meeting uh, interviews uh, today. Uh, so um, they get media sessions, more interviews tomorrow. Uh, they have ortho exam. So tomorrow, he said they're going to be meeting with the quarterbacks. That's when the Giants will get up in there, and they'll start interviewing those guys. And this is where, to me, the biggest thing is. Um, drills and measurements, if we're talking hand size for quarterbacks, we're talking, you know, maybe the uh, the shuffle drill for, for some of the, the linebackers and D-linemen. There's a couple drills and things that I think that are specific to some to some of these positions that, you know, maybe you can look at and can possibly give someone an edge. Maybe they're on the borderline, and these scouts could see and go, oh, look, he, he's actually, you know, he could actually maybe be a little better than he is on tape. Those things can happen. Uh, so I think that's the interesting part as we move into um, uh, into the quarterback situation. So they're going to go through all that, get through the interview process with these quarterbacks, which is the biggest part for this whole draft process uh, in and everything. Um, you know, the interviews, how they handle the media, how they handle the questions thrown at them by the by the NFL media and things of that nature. So we'll see that um, moving forward. Um, but pretty much, like I said, 
the GM speech uh, was pretty much flowing throughout the entire 12 minutes. I'm here to do better. I'm here to make things better. Not blaming anyone, but we're here to do what we got to do. Uh, I'm ready to build. And I think the biggest thing, if we're talking about the draft, which we are in this first hour, is that he's willing to move, he's willing to stay, and he's happy either way. I think that's what I think that's the biggest thing that I could take away from this is because there's going to be a lot of people tomorrow on debate Wednesday, Thursday on Thriving Thursday that are going to be like we need to stay, and they're going to be there's going to be a bunch of people that say oh we need to trade. Well, guess what? This guy's open to do everything. You want to trade him? He'll go back and get more picks. You want to stay? He'll stay and and stay pat. So he will do. <laughs> what he thinks is best for the team. And I think that's what's the most interesting thing is to have an open-minded GM when you had someone, when you haven't had someone like that probably in the better part of a decade. There's a, there's a, there's a good thing about that, an open-mindedness of we, we know what's, what's wrong, everything. We know what we need to fix, everything. So let's go out there and try to do that. And I think that's the biggest thing I took away from this, this speech here. We do have shakes. Montana nine on this Nacho Average Tuesday. Thank you for coming in, sir. Um, got through the presser. I don't know if you read about it, heard about it, talked about it, um, heard about what I said right now. I know you've been in here for a little bit. Um, but Joe Shane today talking about the Giants' future. Um, oh, sorry about that. It, it restarted the uh, video. Give me one second here. Um Sorry. Jesus. You know what? Computers are so cool at the same time that they're not. Um, so, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but, Shakes, Shane, interview today. Did you catch it? Do you know what's going on? Did you have any questions about it? Um, he was pretty much asked everything I think everyone would want to know. Um, and I can kind of find it in the video if you want to hear him answer it word for word and not take a snippet out. But your thoughts on Joe Shane's interview presser today uh, from the Combine in Indianapolis. No, all I know really is, um, give me a second. Okay, no worries. So let me see if I can get it going here. So, you know, those five years were invaluable in terms of learning how to manage Sorry. the entire full cooperation. Again, you're not sitting in the, my office for 12 hours. There we go. Yeah, he did a lot of 12-hour talk. Uh, I think the funniest thing was, not the funniest thing, but one of the interesting things about that whole uh, presser was he, he mentioned 12 hours a lot. He mentioned 12 hours of sitting there studying film and things. And he mentioned how it's not necessarily how the way it works anymore. GMs aren't just sitting there watching film all day, doing every tedious thing. That's why they have a various amounts of scouts. That's why he has people to help him do his job uh, because he also has a revolving door, which he said, of people coming in and out, coaches, players, things of that nature, um, that they need to figure stuff out. So I think that's also another thing I took away is that um, a great leader knows how to delegate, and I think that that right there shows me that he may be uh, not, not, not only willing to delegate and give other people control of situations that maybe um, some, some GMs may not, uh, but also willing to to know that hey, I can't be outstretched. This is a big task at hand. We got to turn around, dumpster fire, and we need to make sure this thing gets better. I can't do this all by myself. I need help. So I think that's the greatest thing that uh, anyone can hear if you're a Giants fan is the willingness to do whatever it takes to get better, and also the the just just the wherewithal to know that 
I need to get things done now. We're meeting, but we're also not rushing into anything. We're taking our time. We've only been together for a week now. We got guys moving cross country, some of which having to move in and get get family situated. We got we 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 don't have what other teams may have had, which is continuity. We're gaining that continuity right now. We're getting to know people, just so it coincides that we all get together here at the 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 the, the combine. Hang on one second here. Yeah, like um, what I was saying was um. All I really um, know about what I see they're really harping on is um, how he said he was open for business, for anything. And the only thing he said he's probably excluding out is a deal for Kadarius Tony. Now, I don't know if it's because he's last year's first-round pick or was they enamored with this guy. Um, I'm hearing that, you know, they, they... they're doing a lot of uh, video conference calls between those two. So maybe he really likes them. I don't know what the reason is, but what he's saying is is that everybody's on the board except for Kadarius Tony. That's what I, I seen and heard about it. Um, well, I, I think I think I think whoever you read that from is a huge Kadarius Tony fan, uh, because he doesn't mention that at all in, in, in any of the press conferences. There's no names. The only names that I think are brought up and they're brought up by the media are um, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Uh, when he talks about the team, uh, he does not mention uh, Kadarius Tony at all. Um, just listening to what we just listened to uh, for the last 12 minutes in the presser that I believe uh, you're, 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 you're talking about. No, there is no, uh, <laughs> there, there's no Kadarius Tony is off limits type of thing. But again, that, that is something that look, obviously that is not a situation that anyone's looking into. Nobody's looking to move a first round pick from last year, right after one year they're, they're doing their due diligence. I think that's the biggest thing. For, for me, Shakes, that I could take away is that the due diligence that's being had by this front office, he said it, and I'm going to say it again. One week, dude, guys, girls, people, children, one week is all that this upper management, coaching, you know, GM, all them people that have been new, hired, one week is all the time that they've had together. And then they had to ship up and go to Indianapolis to do this. So in a world where Head coaches aren't going to Indianapolis. Uh, it's a GM and a, and a scout thing now uh, with some of the maybe position coaches showing up. Um, having all three is something that I think these new coaches and GMs are all doing, but this team in particular, for him to say, look, we've only been together for a week and we are we are exploring every avenue. The phone is on. It is not off the hook. It is on the hook, ready to ring. Give me a call. If it's going to help the New York Giants and make the New York Giants better, we will do that deal is what he's saying. Uh, and I think the biggest thing to me is five and seven could be five and seven or it could be anything. And if you make a good enough deal, and you make a sweet enough deal to the New York Giants, he'll move. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And look, some people, some fans aren't going to be happy because, like I said, some fans are are happy at five and seven. Pick what we get, get the best player available, and move on. And then there's some that are like, "Yo, look, if we can draft the guy at five and move from seven and turn that into 
another one, like he said, another one from into next year. Look, we have spent the exhausting amount of time talking about quarterbacks in this draft and how they're not, you know, guys, they're not franchise guys. They're, 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 they're full of potential and they have the ability to one day maybe be great quarterbacks, but they're all projects. They have so much talent potential and we understand that. Um, But if we're going to sit here uh, and say that they're not going to make it out of the top 10, that's preposterous because we all know that a team will jump if they believe somebody in front of them is going to take that quarterback. So if you can if you can lock down a star-studded player at five, somebody drops to you, whether it be one of the, you know, I don't think Hutchinson makes it to, to five, but even if God forbid he does, I don't think he ever will. But somebody like that falls to you at five and you get a, a key component, and then you got someone at 15, 16 that needs a quarterback, sees Willis, sees Pickett still on the board, maybe, you know, six goes another direction and look, no, there's no, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to do it to me. You can pick a five, you can pick at seven. Shit, you can trade the farm for five and seven and have fucking fourteen picks over the next two years. That you know over you know next year and then fourteen next year and you know add a couple this year, given your total from what I think seven to eight or nine or ten. So there's nothing wrong. I don't. I, again, I think to me. The biggest thing of going into a draft or a situation like this that he's going into is looking at the situation and saying, I don't need to fix everything. I think you just, you feel like you got to fix everything and you go about that. And not saying that everything is broken, but you, you have to look at everything. And then you go, okay, look, this is broken. Let's look at it. Oh, some research. Actually, it's not broken. Okay, we're good. Let's move on. This is broken. Look at more research. Actually, with a little more, it may not be. And keep moving forward and forward. That may be position groups. That may be actual positions. But I think that's the way to go about it. I think that's what he's doing. He's going about it as we need to fix everything, and we will evaluate everything and see if we really do. But at this point, everything needs to be fixed, and we will just move on. And I think that's the best way to go about it right now because it's not as if you're saying – we're the worst or, you know, whatever, or going about it being, uh, you know, this or that. It's just saying, look, we need to get better. And the only way to get better is not to nitpick and say, this is good and that's great and that's bad and this is bad. No, everything's bad, and then we evaluate. And I think that's the best thing because these are all new eyes. This is all a new, new, new scheme, a new way of thinking about things, a new way of going about running an organization um, as it pertains to New York Giants and the way they've been running. Uh, because, look, as much as culture is a word that I hate to use, a way things are done becomes the norm in the way things are done. And if they move in and this front, if this front office and this coaching staff comes in and there are players that are, you know, this isn't how we used to do it type of thing, which is a possibility, I think that, 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 that'll turn into a situation, okay, well, then this is not, okay, well, you, you can go find a team that does it the way they did it. Six wins, four wins, three wins, two wins. You go find a team that does that then because we're going to get better over here, and we don't want to do that shit anymore. So I think that's the institution, the institutional change that Shane is bringing into the New York Giants. It's, it's a total mind change. Of like, fuck, up, fuck everything. doesn't matter 
what what the trophy case has. It doesn't matter what what went on before I got here. I'm here now. I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna get it right, and that's the best thing I know how to do. Because I just came from a place that turned four wins into an AFC Championship appearance, and almost beating the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. So you know, he was a, not not the most important part, but a very important part in building that team over there. So Jane can do what he's got to do in New York. And the way I'm listening is, it's something I haven't heard from a New York general manager. Um, and again, I wasn't a a a, a deep seated um, fan of the shakedown. Um, pretty much through uh, the majority of Reese, pretty much the tail end when it was all bad. So I can't really talk about that and the way those things. But this seems as if this is just a much different approach than the old GMs. Um, where I believe they figured it was just, you know, this and that, and we'll be okay. And this guy's like, look, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it all. And if it doesn't need to be fixed, then we're good. I think that's the greatest thing that Giants fans uh, can hear today. Um, and, again, of course, I will read this off one more time for everybody uh, so you know what is coming up this week. There is a bunch of things headed into your news feeds. You will see it all. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. They got media sessions, more interviews, and an NFLPA meeting tomorrow, Wednesday, March 2nd. Offensive linemen running back special teams tomorrow. Get general medical exams, uh, uh, potential special studies, and then interviews. Uh, offensive linemen, linebackers uh, will get general medical studies and potential uh, – general medical exams, potential special studies, and then interviews. Those are three separate things, by the way. Uh, they will be doing that. Uh, or defensive linemen and linebackers tomorrow, sorry, will be registering. Uh, and then, of course, defensive backs um, don't show up until Thursday. Um, bada boom, bada bing. So uh, if you're looking for defensive backs and the, the cornerbacks and, and, and the back end, uh, you'll have to wait for uh, the end of the weekend uh, for your defense, uh, your defensive people, scouts, and things of that nature to get a hold of them. Um, all this will be taking place on, of course, NFL Network, um, 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Thursday, um, 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Friday, um, 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Saturday, and then, of course, 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. On Sunday will be all the times you can watch all the drills and measurements uh, for the respective positions. So it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Again, Thursday night starts all the drills. So if you're looking to see guys run 40s and all that good stuff, Thursday night, NFL Network, that'll start um, everything going forward. 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, will be that. That is your Indianapolis NFL Combine 2022 uh, outlook moving forward. So, Look, um, I got shakes with me here. Um, I'm sure they will deep dive into the pressers tomorrow as it pertains to Joe Shane and what he said um, and things of that nature. But we're still in this first hour. we got about 20 minutes here. We're talking NFL draft for the New York Giants. Um, now that you have heard, it is open season, whether uh, you got if you've got a good enough deal, he'll take it. Um, does that appease you as a Giants fan? Does it does it make you? Um, I don't know. I want to say happy, but does it make you optimistic to know that um, if he does his due diligence and five and seven is where he needs to stay, he will, um, and he, he will do his due diligence, I believe. And if he does his other due diligence the other way, 
if somebody calls with a good enough deal, he'll move back. Um, is staying or moving a big deal to you this time around, Shakes, as it's two top ten picks? Um, or is it even not even a thing? It's just, it's just like, yo, just get guys and let's just move forward. Now, um, I think as far as the picks, to me personally, I think the the fifth overall should be, like, untouchable. I think that this team is in desperate need of a number five, a top five overall pick talent in this draft. Like, this, we need that on this team. You know, that's that's something that's lacking. Um, that we don't have that a lot of star power. Like we got a lot of good players and notable players, but we don't have a lot of star power. So, um, to have that top five pick I think is definitely valuable and I think it should be untouchable. But as far as the seventh, I'm I'm definitely open for business. Um, I'm definitely open for business, but I don't want to move too back. Um, preferably, I would like to still stay in the top ten. Um, but at very least, I would at very least go to 12, maybe to 15. Maybe 15 is maybe too much, but, you know, I would do something like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, to grab up some more capital, do all that. I'm I'm down with that with the seventh, but I feel like the number five should be off limits, motherfucker. Off limits. But we'll see how they go about business. We'll see what they do, and that's why I'm just I'm just sitting back and seeing. Like I, I hear what y'all saying. I'm, I'm hearing what they saying and, and all that, and that's good. You know, that's fine. But what does that really mean? Like, what what are you really going to do? You know, because for me, it's like I got a lot of. Uh, favorite players on this team so so a lot of players that I like and, and actually want them to still be here then I, I I gotta gear up to know that they more than likely a lot some of them won't you know what I mean some of them won't and I'm gonna be a little disappointed so I'm just sitting back and, and, and just watching and observing like what they want to do as far as um, with this roster because to me it's not too far away right now, but I understand the cash and everything. We all strapped for cash, so we got to do something. But I'm saying, man, like, this is a good team. You don't have to dismantle it. You just have to add to it and give us some direction. But that's that, man. How I feel about it. Yeah, that, that, uh, of course. That's always going to be a take. Some, some, uh, some of the fans obviously believe that the roster is a few pieces uh, away, and and you know, you, with some right direction and a few pieces and some new coaches, uh, bada boom, bada bing, you know, things could be looking up. So again, that's not a a, a necessarily out of the box thinking when Joe Shane says we're going to do our due diligence. If again, again, I didn't. I say break it down because that's my personal opinion, but his opinion isn't break it down. It is see what's going on. We are going to do our job. Look, we're going to go position by position. And I say this by saying if you treat everything like it's broke and then you go and you look at it and you act like it's broken and it shows you it's not, then it's an ability or an opportunity for you to say, look, this isn't broken. Move forward. 
And I think that's the way you look at it to me and, and a team that hasn't been able to put it together. You have to figure out if it is broken or not, if this is the right way to go, if it isn't, if someone's willing to take a pay cut or not. Because, look, money is an issue and money isn't an issue. But money is an issue when you're not winning. And when you're not winning and you're not producing, look, it's a big difference between a bunch of guys on a team maybe putting up some numbers. You, you, you're, you're losing games, but you're not losing by a lot. And, you know, you know, guys are actually putting up some stats, but it's not a collective. Things are looking wrong. Uh, but, you know, that's not happening. So this is an opportunity to go back and go and say, look, this position, this position group, boom, it's not as bad as we thought. Let's go ahead and see if we can rework a couple of these contracts, try to bring in some undrafted free agents, some free agents, maybe trade for someone. Those are those are things that you can look at and try to move forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm seeing from Joe Shane is, is you look at it as if it's broken, and then you go and you research it and you do your due diligence, which he seems to be doing. Again, a, a front office that he's just said, whatever, a few hours ago, they've only been together for a full week, all of them together talking, having actual conversations about football moving forward. And in that short amount of time, you know, I, I questioned you guys, uh, like I think a couple of days ago or last week, uh, when we saw other teams trying to make moves that, you know, to get under the cap or more under the cap. Why wasn't the Giants doing anything? That explains it. They aren't going to just jump. He's not going to just jump into the office and just start making moves because he knows best. He's jumping into the office and going, I got away from my guys to get here because we're going to build this together. This isn't the Joe Shane show. This is the New York Giants, and I got to build with these guys coming in. I think that's what he showed today in that pressure I just played. I'm going to wait, and I did. Now I've had a week with my guys. We get to interview these players for the next four days. We get to see them put their measurements and, and, and whatever more stuff they can give us. They can talk to us, interview us. We can see their, you know, the answers to the questions. So, look, this is, to me, again, that's not a wrong way to think about it because if Joe Shane goes through the roster and goes, look, I think a lot of these pieces aren't bad and they need the direction, they need the coaching, which Dable and the new guys can bring in, boom, we're going to do that. We're going to try to figure out. But, again, Are guys going to be willing to say, look, I'm going to take a pay cut? This is where I think it's going to be interesting. I do have another caller, and we'll get him in right now. Not a caller, but a host. Sorry. i got a host who's going to come in right now. But, look, I think this is where it gets interesting because if guys don't believe in Joe Shane, are they still going to be willing to take a pay cut? I think if guys start seeing direction, they start seeing a way to go, it'll be a lot easier to convince some of these guys who are underperforming to give up some money. But if you're telling a guy the same shit and rhetoric that he's heard for the last three or four years that's gotten no production in the in the win column, I don't think he's going to be willing to say, oh, let me give you back some money so you can pretend to do like the other guy. So I think that'll be an interesting part as, as, as the NFL moves forward and as the Giants move forward, what he does with certain players. And if certain players hear his plan and are willing to say, look, go ahead and, you know, give me the pay cut and then of course on the back end if he's trying to get save some money from someone by just saving money by restructuring the contract and they say no but you can still save money by cutting them does he have the balls to do that that's going to be an interesting and intriguing concept especially with the three names that i mentioned last week bradbury martinez shepherd 
I think those three names clear up $25 million in cap space if you just cut them. So, look, if you start talking to those guys and they're not willing to take cuts, what happens? Eat a chosen one. Sorry, friend. Sorry for rambling on for too long. But we discussed the 12-minute presser uh, from Joe Shane today. I did play it earlier. Um, if you have any questions about it, I can't run it through, but I'm actually highly likely that you know everything anyway about it. Your thoughts on it, your feelings on it. We are NFL draft talk, and then we'll move to free agency talk in just a few minutes. Nothing, brother. I'm good. Peace to the gods. Peace to the earth. Peace, peace, peace. Y'all know what time it is. 914-205-5796 is the number to call in. Not your average Tuesdays. We talk in New York Giants presses, Joe Shane's moves, free agencies, draft, combines, everything. So y'all know what's up, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We own the spaces another time, but we right here on Blog Talk again. So no, go ahead, brother. You got the floor. I ain't nothing really for me to say. Everybody who understands what they heard today, including me, is we, we got it. We get it. So let the questions go. Let the, let the people flow. I'm right here. Okay, so pretty much we'll, we'll, just, we'll just move straight into the draft um, and how you feel. The main question that was asked to him today was the number five and the number seven pick, and he said, the phone is on the hook. It will ring. If you call, I will answer. And he is more than willing to stay at five and seven, and he is more than willing to trade five and seven. Your thoughts on that? How does that make you feel? And... Does it does it kind of, actually your thoughts on that? How does it make you feel? No, and go ahead. I think you muted yourself. E, I can't hear you. Oh, did you stay in the background? Yeah, bro. I'm um I'm 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 just ta- I'm absorbing today until I get busy. So let me um let me hear what everybody got to say, and then I'll go on my rant. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much, uh, Shakes has already said everything. I'm pretty much rambling now as we talk. Um, but look, that that that's pretty much all I've had to say about it. And what I've had to say about it is this: the open-mindedness of a GM to come in and say, "Look, I know what this is. This job entails, and it entails me to get better at all things, or entails this team to get better at all things. We're going to check that, and we're going to we're going to check all the boxes and move forward." He mentioned. Um, several, several times that 12 hours a day isn't a thing anymore. GMs sitting around 12 hours a day and watching film is not a thing anymore. He's got a revolving door of coaches and players, and it's just there's not enough hours in the day for him to do that and get things done uh, all the time. So this is um, – that was his way of saying, I have help. I'm going to delegate help. To me it was. I'm going to delegate this help, and I'm going to use my coaching staff. And then, of course, the other thing that came away from this was I've only been together with – we've only been together for a week. He mentioned that I think once or twice in this presser. Him and the entire staff had only been together for a week. A lot of those guys re- relocating their families to New York, so getting that stuff done, getting that situated, especially in this time of COVID and things of that nature, it's hard and tough to get that knocked down and knocked away. They got that done. They spent a week together, and now he's going to spend this next few days getting to know these draft picks. And getting the, getting to feel feel this thing. And then he also said, in there, they're also in the next few days. Well, not in the next few days, but over the last week and over the next few weeks, they have been talking to players, talking to to um, agents, and trying to figure out those things. And we are getting into the next hour, so we will pick up on the free agency talk as well that he had in there. Um, the, the draft talk is is pretty pretty much 
it is what it is. He's he's wide open, five and seven, take it or leave it. You want it? I got it. We're good. And he said he'll sleep peacefully at night if he gets seven picks and doesn't move, and he'll sleep peacefully at night if he moves back and gets another first-round pick for next year. He's trying to build for now and build for the future, and I think that's a great thing to hear if you're a Giants on Second thing is the free agency. He was off. He was obviously asked about the two big players, the guys that, you know, some people have some 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 deep-seated issues about, whether it be positive or negative. And that's Daniel Jones, and that's Saquon Barkley. He said, same thing about five and seven. Phone's on the hook, and I'm answering it. Make me a deal, and it's good to go. Anyone can get it. Those are my words. He said, in pretty much layman's terms, we're open for business. If you want to come talk to me, and it gets me more in the ability to build this franchise in the, be- in the right direction, I will do that. Um, and, of course, that also has to do with him getting to know these players. He did mention he wants to talk to all of them, get the roster he has now, and then, of course, the draft picks coming up, and he wants to get a feel for it. So uh, this is this is one of those things, man. This is, this, is, this is, to me, watching and listening, it is a front office. Now, again, the Dable interview is something I could play if you guys would like to hear it, but we did not. Uh, but the Shane stuff is – it is it is something I haven't heard from one from a New York GM, um, and two it's something I hear from the good GMs. Um, willingness, uh, openness, and 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 truthfulness. And I know um, those three things don't go hand in hand with New York Giants GMs over the last four years, five years, six years, but they go hand in hand with this guy. <laughs> I think I think you can take what he says not with a grain of salt, but at its face value. I don't think he's bullshitting. It doesn't seem as if he's got it in him to bullshit, to try to get. I just think he knows what he's doing. He comes from um, those guys that know what they're doing. Um, and I've said it before. This isn't a look at the roster and say it's shit and move on and try to build. It is look at the roster as if it's broken and in individual pieces, individual position groups, individual positions, you look at them, and you start with the base value of zero, and then you, you evaluate from there. This actually isn't a zero. This position group's actually a six or a seven. We don't really have to do much here. Let's kind of focus this on maybe a free agency or an undrafted rookie or maybe a late-round draft pick, whatever we got to do. This position group, oh, it's a two. We got much to do about a lot, and we got to do it right now. So let's let's you know do this and this and this and in the free agency blah, blah, blah. and you go down the line you do that and I think that's what I heard from him now not in those words um, not the broken words but I think that's what I heard from he's going to evaluate everything there's there, it's it's an evaluation it's not a a blow up to me and it might be to some because some people are just going to be gone and a lot of people I think are going to be gone because of money because of lack of production, because of maybe they don't fit the scheme in the way that this offense or defense may want to go. And this is going to be what I said is going to be the most interesting part is if those high-priced guys who, may, who, who need to either take a cut or go, if they're willing to take cuts, I think that speaks volumes to how much they may believe in Joe Shane and a, and a change. Now, again, Taking that pay cut may be more money than they may get on the open market, but, uh, you know, the will be guaranteed whatever you're guaranteed because of your contract at this point 
without taking the pay cut. So who knows? Um, but I think that's a big that's a big big factor moving forward once we get past this this uh, period of uh, the dra- of the draft combine and we get to March 16th when free agency opens, um, and then people just start dropping left and right, getting cut and released. Uh, if guys are more than willing to restructure to stay with the Giants, I, w- I think to me that'll speak more volumes um, than anything else. Uh, not anything else, but anything else. If you get what I'm saying, because uh, I just, I just keep... go ahead. My bad, cutting you off, but this no, I need somebody too. I'm tired of rambling. Just cut me nah, off. He's, I'm tired. All right, all right. But I'm tripping off of like the the whole commuting part, right? And I start thinking, I'm like, man, motherfuckers coming from Buffalo, like. How much commuting do they got to do? They ain't got to do too much commuting. But I had to think about the assistance. I like the assistance is from Baltimore and um, Missouri, you know, Kansas City and stuff like that. So I had to think about that. But at first, I'm like, I mean, how much fucking commuting do they got to do? Like, it was fucking like an hour or two or something. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but Shakes, you, you got to remember, most of these people got families. So for me and you, an hour or two drive for us single men, uh, well, I got kids, but they would never come with me, um, but on a thing like that, we could take an hour or two. You got kids and a family, that's probably a full five-hour drive, just to drive. That doesn't include the extra time you got to get them packed in and unpack them at the same time. So that's the only thing I could think about that is not necessarily the distance. And then again, we are dealing in a COVID time. Who knows, you know, things of that nature. Not all these guys are millionaires, you know, flying PJs. So, um I think that, that that my biggest thing would be just families. Just you know, you got a few kids, a wife. You got to just pack all that, and then of course wrangle all of them up, and then get them over to where you got to get them into. And then of course, I don't know the market in New York. I don't know, how, you know, housing and stuff like that. Of course, I don't know how that works in the NFL. I'm pretty sure they got you know realtors and guys like that. But again, they're not PJ flyers. They're not multi-million dollar a year guys. Um, trying to you know make it the way they can, so we'll see. Um, so so I think that's what I see from that 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 whole situation, taking the time uh, to get everyone together, and then of course scheduling is also weird um, when you're moving to and trying to figure everything out. I think now, when he said a full week, and he was definitive on that, I think the moving and all that stuff it's it's over with, and this is they're in full go mode um, to me. So, uh, but yeah, I mean. And then, like, you got to think about it, like, I'm putting myself in those shoes, like, just trying to imagine myself in that office, like, all right, people getting hired, and you see new faces every day, and you're like, okay, this is who, all right, so he's in charge of that, he's in charge of that, boom, 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 right? And then when you're looking at that shit, and then, then the uh, the main guy comes to you and say, okay, all right, oh, well, this is the staff or whatever, right? And y'all like, okay, y'all looking around, but it's like, all right, now you're, y'all got a week to, uh, to, to prep because uh, we got combine next week. Like I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Wait, 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 what the fuck? Like, hold on, man. Uh, I just got my damn wife and kids just settled mm-hmm. in and shit. Now nah, I, I gotta right to work, bro. Like I can only imagine the the um the rush and uh like the fast pace that is going on in them offices right now, cause like. For example, for a team that had uh, their front office in for years, even if even if you had the same front office from last year, 
you don't have to rush and do so much, you know what I mean? Because y'all been prepping for this for, you know, a while now. But you, you give this, these people a week, and, and, and all right, you got the job, you got the job, you got the job. All right, now prep for the combine. Like, whoa, oh, shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I can only imagine how much uh, rushing, fast-paced um, anticipation is going on in that uh, in those, uh, that office right now. That's what I'm thinking about, and, and I'm, you know, going over in my head as you speaking and rambling on. I just was sitting there, just thinking about everything that you were saying, and, and it was like coming to my head, pause, but coming to my head like, mm, damn, I know they motherfucking going through it right now, like, because they really only had a week to actually prep for this combine. I mean, you know, you don't really have to. Well, yeah, I'm lying. I'm about to say, you know, man, I do too much work <laughs> to get ready for the combine. Oh, but, yes, you, man, you got you got a lot to prep for. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's pretty busy, man. It's not, it's not, it's, you know, this is where I feel you got to make the right decisions on your staff. And this is where I feel a lot of the nepotism talk comes from is because, look, if you're thrown in a situation where you got a, a week, you're going to want to bring in like-minded people, people you already know you've been around and you know that they know that I know that you know. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing with the nepotism is the time constraints that a lot of these teams, quote-unquote, have to get teams together and, and do have because, look, we're talking about a team that, that season ended, you know, at the end of the season, no playoffs. They got a new GM that took a while, got a new coach that took a while. They did their due diligence that way. And now those two guys are doing their due diligence in their jobs, whether it be creating a roster or giving the GM a a direction to go in creating that roster. And I think to me this is one of the coolest things to watch because you've already got to see it go bad two times over with the last two or with the last coach and the last GM coach, whatever, how many of them cool. But now you see, now we're watching a team do it not the right way, but a different way. This is different from the other guys doing it. And I think that's one of the things that I'm taking away from is because whether or not it works, it can't be blamed as the same old thing or the same old boys or the same old concepts because it's not. It's totally different. And the mindset is let's go about this as making it a better team. That mindset is transcending through what I think is the team because it, it, it feels as if, look, Saquon was on the Pat McAfee show Super Bowl week. He did not sound as if he felt that they were going to move on from him. He did not sound as if things were going to change. He, he sounded as if he's ready to go. Now, he said he only spoke to, I think, everyone once or twice on the phone, so it wasn't in-depth conversations. But confidence you have, I think, look, as our players, they are going to have it. But it, it, it sounded different. These players sound different. Now, of course, change always gives you optimism, especially in this league. But that that is – that, to me, is what I'm saying. Sorry, the roundabout way is to change. And the way that he's doing it, he's bringing in those guys. And that's why you have to say, look, yeah, they only had a week to prepare, but these guys, it's not as if everything they've done before showing up to New York disappears. All the work that they did in those old jobs, the scoutings that they did, the the preparation that they did, 
they still bring all that paperwork and that stuff to their new job. And you hope, as a fan of the New York Giants, you guys hope that those guys all come together and a lot of those notes and a lot of those things, they mesh really well together because then they can have – maybe they're looking at the same guy or, you know, the same players or they're looking at the same position groups and, look, we have this and we have this, compare notes, bada boom, bada bing, let's move forward. And I think that's what you can look forward to um, as the days go on in this draft process in the combine, who interviews who, we're going to hear that. We're going to hear the questions. We're going to hear the answers. We're going to get insider information about what these guys say, how they say it, when they say it, how wrong or right they say it. So we're going to see. And I think the interesting part was not only did he say five and seven in the draft are open for business, but he's fine staying there. He also made mention of the quarterbacks. They did ask him about picking up Daniel Jones' fifth-year fifth option, and he said, we need to get better. <laughs> we just we just need to get better all around. Um, he did mention about the O-line, but when he talked about the quarterback, they're going to interview him, they're going to get to know him, and they're going to see. So, sorry, we're going to watch or we're going to we're going to see it unfold. Now, we've watched. GMs in the past from all 32 teams fall in love with players in one week and a pro day and then another pro day because they wanted to talk to them more and see them more. And then now they've fallen in love with someone and they've quote unquote reached for the player that they've fallen in love with wherever, whoever, whenever that may be. And this is an opportune time for Giants fans to see if this guy, Joe, is going to fall in love be over the moon about a player, or if he's going to be like, look, you're a great interviewer and you would be great on the team, but I need to look and we got to, you know, we got to consult. We're going to see if this is the best decision for the team. Just because I've fallen in love and I've been, I have a, a, a delegation around me that I know that I've built. And over the last week we've come together and, and this is, this is it. So, uh, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Another big thing. I've got a lot of big things from this, but this is to me one of the most. Of, this isn't a GM that I've heard in the New York Giants podium for a long time. I haven't heard someone speak like this. Now they haven't been up there condemning everyone or throwing people under buses or saying things like. But look, the way he's going about it, the way he's talking about his crew. His, his people around him, the way he's building it, the way he's trying to move that direction, it, it, it's just one of those things that, to me, it, it is going to be evidently clear the direction this team goes within the next two weeks. We will see what happens at the Combine, who they talk to. We will see who they start talking to in free agency. And in the next two weeks, we're going to see who gets cut, who gets traded. And who's, this, this thing, that's going to happen fast. Now, I think a lot of people thought or are thinking because of what he mentioned, they haven't been together a long time. To me, this process for Joe is a snowball, and it hasn't started yet. It's starting to, you know, it's it's starting to, to you know, what is that called when, when it barely starts snow? I don't know. I live in Arizona. But so, so like, you know, when barely touching the ground but it's still melting, that's what's happening right now. It's waiting for it to get colder so it can land and then pat, and then he can make a little snowball and then start at the top of the hill and roll it down. And I think once that happens for him, once that snow is caught, he can make that snowball, it's going to come. And it's, it's going to, everything's going to come fast. 
whether it be trading, whether it be uh, uh, cutting players or restructuring, all those things, bang, 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 bang. I think it'll happen just like that. I don't think it's going to be a slow process like we've seen him get everything together because I think once, now that he would have everything together, there's no point to take your time. This is a league that moves you know, moves and moves and moves, and it'll move past you if you stay too long, stay still too long. It's my I think thing. he knows that. And that's my thing. I think a reason why I'm saying that, and peace, God, LRP. But, um, like, that was my reason of saying it because it's like at this point in time, I don't think this man has any rest until maybe next year, <laughs> maybe in the all season next year, you know, because he has to do so much work now, like right now. They got to do so much work. It's, it's a rush right now. Once again, bringing it up, only a week to actually be fully prepared with the full staff. The full staff has only had a week to prepare for the combine. So, you know what I'm saying? All this shit is like, it's like rushing in. And then right after the combine, you got two weeks. Um two weeks, well, a week after the combine, really, but two weeks from now, or two weeks from tomorrow, actually, we got free agency. You know what I'm saying? So you got to do your due diligence and do your work with that, and that's going to take you weeks, maybe months, maybe. Then you got to prep for the drive. You know what I mean? Then you got <laughs> get to get for the camp. I mean, this dude, ain't, he ain't going to get no rest with how things has went, but I mean, that's the job you signed up for, right? Yes, sir. That's I mean, that, that's the that's the job, and 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 like you said, peace to go LRP. You are in. Um, we are just rambling right now. We have started the discussion about um, the New York Giants. Uh, the first hour we covered the draft. Uh, Joe Shane's willingness to move from five and seven and willingness to stay at five and seven. Uh, the phone is ready if you want to call him, is what he said, uh, and he's taking all offers, and they're going to make the best decision for the Giants. And then now we're talking about the free agency, where he said the exact same thing about all players. Phone is off the on the hook and willing and ready to take all offers as long as they help the Giants get better. Uh, we are on that right now. Any thoughts? Did you hear the interview, the presser? I'm sure you did. Any thoughts on those things that you would like to talk about? Again, welcome. Thank you, LRP, and peace, sir. What's good? What's good? Peace, God. Peace. Six. Peace. Nacho. I did not hear the presser. Um, I heard little excerpts throughout the day, but um, I was, I didn't hear it. Um, but I will. I, I, I tune in probably in the morning when I wake up and get to work 4 a.m. I'll probably check out all that I missed today. But I know he did some interviews. Um. And did some presses. I just hadn't had a chance to ingest it yet. But based off of what you guys just said, um, hey, man, I'm excited. I know this guy, you know, he came in and did some things. He's already talked about some of the processes and approaches that he's going to take, some of the new uh, nuances of doing a particular job, and it seems like he's doing that. Um, hold on for a second.
Did you cut out LRP or was that me? I just can't hear you now. Nah, that, that was me. I put myself on mute. My son, hold on for a second. No worries, I got you. All right, I'm back. Sorry. I'm I'm, a, I'm excited to see what he do. I'm excited to see what he do. Whatever changes, whatever faces are gone or whatever new faces arrive, I'm going to try to hold best to seeing where the chips fall where they may. So pretty much, um, uh, this is what he had to say. Um, Let's see here. Uh, It's not just a full plate of challenges. It's an entire banquet. But 40 days after the Giants announced the job, Shane couldn't be happier. I love my job. He said during the break uh, between interviewing draft-eligible players at the Combine, I don't know how anybody could do this. The amount of hours, even Dave's, Brian Dable, as the head coach and the coaching staff, my personal staff from assistant general manager Brandon Brown, director of player personnel Tim McDonald, and director of college scouting Chris Petit, all the scouts, the amount of time we put in. If you don't love this job, there's no way you could do it because there's really not much time to do anything else, especially between now and draft. I love the job. I love the people I'm working with. I love the organization. It's been a really positive experience thus far. Um, and then, so here, here's this one. Uh, two days after his January 26th introductory news conference, Shane sat in the new office, uh, and this is the list of everything he had to do. So that was the, the, the lengthy to-do list um, of everything. Um, I can get more of the quotes and stuff. But, look, that's definitely uh, the, 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 the overall vibe. He's, he's, he's giving off, man. I love the job. I love the people I work with. We're going to get down and get to business. And I think um, – the one week thing is something to harp on. It's something to get on. Um, you could, you could, you know, be a little precautious about it. But again, like I said, this guy, I don't think he makes any, any, any oh, fucking what's the goddamn word? I don't think he makes any. I don't want to say mistakes, undeliberate, if that's the word. I don't think he makes moves just to make them. That there we go. It's layman terms it. I don't think he's just out there doing things and saying things just to say them and do them. I think he's really actually doing them. I think we're seeing it in action. And to me, you don't tell 31 other teams the phone is open for the entire roster and my top two 10 picks, and you just say that just to say that. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, to me, I just don't think you do all that just to be, you know, Bapping at the gums, as some might think he's doing. Um, I think it's all real. I think it's 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 an opportunity uh, for him to get better uh, than he is at his job, and, and he's seeing it as an opportunity to turn a franchise around and get better. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, there there is there is definitely a talk about. Um, the question was asked, I believe, and I want to get the exact question here, sorry, um, because I want to get the exact answer, I mean. Um, let's see here. Because people, I don't think, understand. Let me see here. Get the option. 
Where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? I'm sorry. I'm trying to find this. I want to get the right the right thing. Yeah, I got to find it. He didn't have it written down. He actually does. They do ask him about um, free agency um, and things of that nature. And if people call, who's available? I pretty much said everyone's available. I didn't say anything. But, again, like I said, there's there's that talk. And that's just a talk to say, look, if you got an offer, make us an offer. And I think that's that's just him trying to say, look, we're we're trying everything and anything we can to get better. Uh, and if that means getting pieces for the future in, in draft capital or a solidified piece now, um, then, then that that's the route we're going. Um, here it is. We will be open. We will be open to trading players to help the cap situation. We're still working through that, but I'm open to everything. Whether it's trading player for player, I'll listen to anybody. If it's trading a couple of players, I'm not going to say we're open for business on the entire roster. Okay, maybe I was wrong about that roster. But if anybody is going to call and they're interested in any of our players, I'll certainly listen. So a little contradictory there, um, saying we're open for business on the entire roster. We're not. But then also saying, you know, little godfathery, make us an offer we can't refuse. Um, again, we're in a situation where, unfortunately, we have to get under the salary cap, and we're not in very good salary cap health. I'm not going to say yes to every deal, but I'm definitely going to listen, and I'll be open to the situations that are best for the New York Giants. Um, there's not one specific name in that entire thing, um, so it's not as if he's singling out a player or if anybody was asking about a specific player. Um, they were asking about trading players to help the cap situation, and no, again, no specific player was asked into that question. And then in his answer, again, not it's not the entire roster, but if you're making us an offer I can't refuse, you got the gabagool and the mozzarella, we're going to get it done. I'm sorry, I, I listened to Pat McAfee a little too much, so I got a little Italian on it. But the little gabagool. <laughs> the little gabagool. If you got, a, if you, you got an offer on the day of this wedding and he can't refuse it. He's going to take you up on offer. You know what I'm saying? But if it's a bad one, you're going to end up with a horse head in your bed and that's that's what it is. So look, this is how I believe the New York Giants intend to operate moving forward. And and, and it's a great way to operate. And that is what makes the team better. And, And I think that may have been missing from maybe last regime's maybe last coaching changes. It wasn't about making the team better. It was about focusing maybe on one aspect of it and, and ignoring other ones, I think. And and you weren't those guys weren't really good at even focusing on those one things. Excuse me. So no need to, you know, go back to the winner of all wins, which is hindsight, because that, that guy's going to win every situation at all. But moving forward, like, man, I, I – I'm 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 interested because I think a lot of this and a lot of the quietness is nobody's got a damn problem with anything Joe Shane said today. I don't think anybody does. And I think that's why there's not very much in the Twitter sphere and the Facebook sphere and even on the show today, there's not a lot of pushback. Now, there is a little bit about maybe 
you know, the timing and how long these guys have together and maybe some, some trepidation about, you know, can they get it done in enough time? But you don't want to get it done in enough – I mean, you're not worried about getting it done in enough time if you don't think it's going to work. Again, I always ask the question, if the quarterback's a choker, why do you keep asking me if I want him back? If, if, if You get what I'm saying? If the thing isn't going to work, why would I want it back? It obviously works. That's why you want it back. So those things go hand in hand. And I think it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, ooh, it's a, it's a direction that I don't think anyone has a problem with, especially if you're a fan of the New York Giants. Because again, he didn't say anything wrong. And it was, like I said, a, a very good mixture of coach speak, but there was a lot more in there of getting things done, getting things done now, how he's going to get things done, what's going on. Again, you don't you don't mention, you know, the entire roster. You don't mention five and seven are open. You're just – you're feeling calls. You're, look, if something comes across the table and some fucking idiot wants to trade you – this year's number one, next year's number one, and a player of a of a good caliber for number seven because they don't think Malik Willis is going to fall to them or they don't think Pickett's going to fall to them, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. Now, again, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a team that you think maybe they're only a piece away and then, you know, that pick may be worthless in the mid-20s. But, look, two number ones, I think two number ones. So it's just – it's a really interesting fact. And, again, if they're a team that's maybe at 10 or 11, they're probably not looking down the barrel of having another great season. So, you know, who who can say that, who doesn't? But those are interesting things to look at because the phone just being open shows me as an NFL fan that this guy is ready to do the job and is not unwilling – to change his outlook if it fits making the team better. You know, my, my, my thought process, him probably saying Joe probably doing himself, my thought process is this. This is what I've seen in Buffalo, and this worked. But <laughs> we're in New York. I'm not in Buffalo. I'm in, in you know, the, great, the greatest, you know, metropolis media center of all in all of NFL. This isn't Buffalo. So I could just – it may not work. And, and, and we got to win – Faster was what he's obviously got to think because you can. There's a longer leash up there in that you know table place over there in Buffalo than it is in New York. So I, I look, it's it's. I don't want to say much ado about nothing because it's definitely not. Um, but the 12 minutes was just a a I think a nail in the coffin, not coffin, not the nail in the coffin. What would it be? Uh, icing on the cake. Sorry of what Giants fans have always wanted. A new direction, a willingness to change, and a an understanding that if things don't get done in a timely manner, that, you know, it's it's done and over with. And I think that urgency that he has, he talks about needing to not only help now, but help in the future. And I think those things, obviously every GM is going to say that, but he comes from a place that is looking pretty good as it pertains to the future and looking pretty good as we talk about him right now in Buffalo. So I think he comes from a place that he knows 
what to do to try to enable that that dream or whatever of being good now and sustaining that through time. So look, hey I Nacho, mean, um, yeah, go ahead. I I just wanted to jump in if that's okay. I have one theory that I want to definitely speak about, and then I have one question to all of us. And you can also answer this, too, because you've been a part of the letdowns, right? We've heard these press conferences for the last five to seven years, right? And they all sound similar when it comes to one truth. The guy that you hire is going to get the job done. So he goes on a 12-minute rant, an 8-minute rant, a 19-minute rant. He tells us how he's going to do things, how he's going to get them done, how he's going to improve the team, the areas that he knows when he gets the questions taken from the media on what they need to happen immediately. So he answers immediate questions, intermediate questions, and future reference questions, right? That's what the media does to all of the guys who have been here in the last five to seven years. So us as Giants fans, Heart, some of us, heart on the words that they use, and then we're hurt because none of it takes place. So I have one question for the guys now. Yo, Shane, convince you like the guys previous, or did he set himself apart and you actually believe? Hmm. I, I, I will... Real quick, go first, because it's going to be quick and short and simple. And I know I say that, and I lie all the time. But, look, to me, I didn't the letdowns I was here to witness, but I did not believe in those press conferences that you alluded to. This one makes me look at him as an NFL fan, watching the, the Gettleman's last press conferences, watching the head coach's last press conferences. You can just smell the bullshit through the 60-inch TV or the 50-inch TV or whatever TV size you're watching it on, or even your 7-inch cell phone that you're watching it because you're going somewhere. You could just smell the bullshit. You couldn't. I, I don't. Maybe I'm an asshole. Maybe I'm just whatever, and, and, and he talks well enough for me to believe it. This guy doesn't sound like he's bullshitting you. Now, to me, someone who thinks that this roster isn't good enough, he went up there and said, look, we need to fucking fix everything. Everyone's on the table. Every phone is on the hook and ready to be called for. And we need picks. If you want to give us some, we'll take more to build this team to go better. So to me, this didn't sound like the same, maybe the same rhetoric, maybe the same verbiage that other ones have said. But the other ones didn't acknowledge the depth of how bad it's been. And they didn't really sound firm in their plan. Let us not all forget my famous words that I love to repeat. We didn't sign him to trade. But I'm good after that, man. Again, to me, sounds way better than anything y'all had in a long-ass time. Shakes, LRP, whoever would like to go first. Um, I'll go next. Um, so for me, it, first of all, I'm going to say, like, Gettleman, as far as Gettleman, on my behalf, I was more happy. And I was more happy because he was kind of singing my song. He was singing my tune, right? 
So I was a little hypnotized by the song. And I'm like, oh, yeah, hog mollies. That's right. Do that. Yeah. So he got me. I was happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? I ain't lying about nothing, am I? I don't lie. All right? Now, nah, he on our, he's still on our beginning of our show. I'm with you. Uh-huh. Exactly, right? So, you know, I was happy about that. Now, this may be great, though, because of what I'm about to say in, in this is I'm not too happy about this show and shit. I'm like, okay, that's good. Change is a coming. And I'm I'm excited about that. But I'm sitting here with my hand on my chin and I'm just saying, hmm. And I just want to see what does he want to do because I still don't know. I don't know exactly what he wants to do with this team. He's saying this, he's saying that, he's saying this, he's saying that. I don't know what the fuck. So I am just sitting here, sitting back and just wondering and pondering, am I going to be one of those guys that sit there and say, yo, you know what, that was a good-ass move. Or will I be saying, God damn it, this motherfucker, he, he worse than race. I, 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 I'm just going to sit back and wait. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're and, and, and I would say Sounds worse like than reach. Sounds like to me. I would, I would, I would, I would assimilate that maybe worse than Reese would be what only one Super Bowl. But I digress. LRP, um, you're on the the floor. It's yours. The question, if you don't remember, I'm sure E will gladly repeat it. Yeah, I got it. I mean, I don't know either, you know, and uh, I don't mind anything that he's saying. And saying that you're open for business is always a good thing to say, especially if you got, um, uh, expendable assets, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. cool. You know, and you do. You have expendable assets, and you got some players. Now, everybody on this team is trash, though. So, you know, if some of the players is fine, you can speak that way. You, you, you know, you got every right to speak that way. But I don't think everybody on this roster, nor is it feasible for them to, you know, take those words as the media and these beat writers and everybody is running with saying that people won't be here, shit going to get gutted, you know, taking the machete to this, as I just saw Jordan Renan take the, his words and run with it. He's an idiot anyway. Half of these people are idiots, and they're bored, and they sit there with their own thoughts. Maybe it's the sativa. Maybe you should try some indica and get a little bit more creative because the sativa put them to sleep, and their words put me to sleep. So fuck the beat writers and whatever they say. And, yes, I said it because – not everybody is bad, and I told you. I said this, and I told y'all, but <clears throat> I said this out loud before. The last guy came in here wanting to get rid of all the old guys because of an ego thing. I hope, I don't get that from him, so I'm not saying that. I'm going to say that quickly so before, you know, <laughs> folks jump on me. I don't get that same personality from him. 
from what I'm hearing, a lot of people love him. He's definitely brought a, a certain energy in the building and a certain usefulness and a certain openness, which I do enjoy and like to hear. But if you go, if you're coming in the door with your mind already made up on certain things and certain players and this, that, and the third, you'd be making the same mistake the last guy did. So I know you don't have a lot of time. You haven't had a lot of time. But I would hope that you do your due diligence and hold on to the folks that's actually going to help your team and not get rid of folks just because you think you have to. So, um, you know, and with, but I'm with Shakes. I don't know. I mean, it's hard for – I mean, I do I do the mocks and everything just to, you know, look at these guys, and especially in the later rounds because the first two, you know, it's, who knows. But in the later rounds, I have been doing a lot of study as of late and seeing what kind of direction. But I don't know what direction, you know, these people are going to go. So until they make those moves, until those moves are made, or until the two people that all of America want gone are gone, then – I don't know. But all the people who think that this roster, this roster, and says this roster, this roster, this roster, that's all bullshit. That's all bullshit. That's all sitting in front of the, on the couch in front of your uh, life coach or your mental health counselor or your psychologist or your therapist or your psychiatrist. And that's all bullshit that you just tell yourself. But deep down, there's really only two motherfuckers that y'all want to go. And you'd be absolutely fine with everybody else. And that's a fucking fact. And it's hard to live with. Truth hurts. And I'm going to speak on that as well real quick before anybody else goes. I'm sorry if I'm cutting anybody else off. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, that shit makes me so angry is that they have this agenda and this this target on these two players. Now, one... I definitely agree with, but the other one, I definitely don't, right? And I'm like, bro, like, even the one that I don't agree with, like, it's like they're trying to push that to an existence. It's like, oh, my gosh, they they they, they definitely going to, uh, they said they're open for business. That means even Saquon Barkley. I seen an article like that today, today. Open for business, everyone, even Saquon Barkley. Like, why you got to just put him out there? Or you couldn't say even James Bradbury? Or you couldn't say even motherfucking uh, whoever? It always the same fucking two names, bro. Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. And I'm tired of them trying to push this fucking narrative. Just let the GM make his decisions, please. Stop trying to force his hand. That's what I don't like about that fucking media. Because every time I turn around, that is all I fucking see. Oh, they're going to get rid of Saquon? Oh, they're going to get rid of Saquon? Hey, Saquon, is he is he all available? Oh, well, how much do you think you're going to get for Saquon? Oh, they're like, bruh. Why do y'all want this guy going so bad? They don't like please. They don't like people that are good at that craft. They don't like them. They don't want stars. Giants fans never wanted stars. They never want stars. They want the mediocre tokers that just win. But they don't want anyone taking any shine away from the giant on the helmet. They don't want anybody that wears the helmet. The person wearing the fucking helmet they give a shit about. Always. They always run motherfuckers out of town. 
Yeah, I seen, um, <laughs> you know, same kind of thing, but just real quick, you know, they asked him. They said, all right, man, you free. There was uh, somebody on Twitter said, uh, yeah, man, you come back to the New York Giants. And he said, no, they booted me out. I don't want to be too much of a distraction for them. These are words from Odell Beckham Jr. So, yeah, I'm saying, and I'm not saying that the fans did that to him, but, yeah, you kind of did. You kind of no, did. It's, it's okay for you. Because you're doing the same thing. To... No, my fault. Let me finish, please. No, no, no. Because I don't, that... don't want to cut you off. I want you to go further, Shakes. Pause. I don't it's... want you to just end right there. Please go on the rant and tell them what they did. Please do that. Because what they're doing right now is the same thing that they did to Odell Beckham Jr. When you sat there and kept asking, "Oh my gosh, is he a, a distraction? Oh my gosh, look at the rant. Look at the, look at his tantrum on, on on the sideline. Should they trade him? Should they let him go? Should they release him? Should they resign him? Should he get his contract extension? Should blah 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 blah? It was always the questions of should he go or should he not? And then finally he's gone. And now look at it. People are sitting there boo-hooing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, back him, back him, back him. But we did this. We did this. And then we're doing the same fucking thing to Saquon, bro. Doing the same fucking thing. And, I, you know, I get it. I get the what have you done for me lately and all that. Like I said, I ain't going to get into it too much because, like, like I said, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. However, I do think that it is a mistake if you're doing it, especially if you're saying you're doing it for salary cap because his contract is only $7 million. So you're not doing, you know, yourself any favors. But the fact that these two guys get thrown around, but Bradbury, Love, Carter, all these other guys, you know, even though that's not the offensive side of the ball, but, you know, if you did everything to screw up the, uh, the quarterback, then – of course, you did everything that screwed up the running back. So I think that'll be a mistake. But whatever decide, whatever he decides to do, I already told myself at the end of the season. Whatever he decides to do, it's going to be what it's going to be. And and it is what it is. But I'm telling you now, they're forcing this shit, just be, and it has nothing to do with football. Has nothing to do with football. I don't care what nobody say. Ain't got nothing to do with football. Can I just jump in? I'll answer the question about Joe Shane. I'm hoping. I'm happy. I'm. First of all, I want to thank you guys for answering that question. Thank you for allowing me to ask it, Nacho. And I hope it was a sufficient question for you guys to actually put some thought into it. Because I was waiting to. You know, I had that in my back pocket. I threw that shit before I came in the room. But what I'm saying to you guys is. I'm going to answer that question, LRP. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to elaborate a little bit on what you and Shakes just talked about. I noticed that the salty assed fans that we have, right, when they have their agenda that's met, they wind up counter-complaining about the present situation. Let me break that down. We forced Odell Beckham up out of this situation. And last year we got a receiver we paid $72 million for that couldn't even catch a goddamn touchdown. 
we have not had a star at the receiver position or somebody that actually made us happy because they were so mediocre. We were okay with 720 yards and four touchdowns. We were so happy with that coming from 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns, 13, 1,400 yards and 11 touchdowns, three he threw for himself, 14 all together. We haven't had a star tearing up anything in the receiver department like that since the boy been gone, but yet and still y'all wanted him gone. You know, the same shit is going to happen when we get to that running back position. And all you faggots that sit there and yell and talk about, oh, you can get a running back in the third and fourth round. A good running back's coming this, that, in the third. Watch me wind up going five or six years with a depleted running game. And then after that happens, I truly always tell you to shut the fuck up anyway. But watch what I have to say after that. <laughs> oh, y'all wanted me to go further? Because I could do that. No, no, I, 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 no I, was, I was saying that was... Yeah. No, I was saying that was an interesting take. Uh, I mean, that's um, that's not... that's not. Uh, I mean, again, I'm one of those, you know, F-words that thinks, you know, you can find one, um, especially when we see second, third, fourth, fifth round running backs lead the, you know, Super Bowl year after year. So I just... I, I, I'm not yeah, into that. Yeah, I was that. talking about us. I was talking about us. That yeah, watch yeah. we be depleted. Yeah. It's not everybody else who has a great scouting and drafting department, right? Yeah, we talking about us. Yeah, so so that would be a disbelief. So you don't you don't think Shane and his drafting department that he's bringing in and all them. So you don't think that's going to be? I gotta I gotta see. I'm happy you asked that question because it leads into my answering my own question. I'm one of them dudes where right now you can't tell e nothing. I gotta see it. I don't care about a presser. I don't care about a dresser. I don't care about a messer. I don't care about it. All that's lesser to me. And I made all them words rhyme on purpose. Found them out the air. I don't care about none of that. When it comes and to the first, th- I want to see. If I could jump in. No, ahead, you, you can, you can, you can stay right there, my son, because I was just going, because I'm, I'm talking to all three of y'all. Um, here's the problem. And you're right. A lot of people... The, the the proof has not been what we've seen, okay? I get that. And I told Ivan earlier, I ain't got no, I have no evidence. I have no case to make in this particular situation as far as numbers are concerned. And if I'm going to try to change anybody's mind, which I'm not, but if we're just talking and I'm making, talking from for me, I don't have that case to make because of the injuries, right? But he's one year removed from said injury. And then, regardless of what anybody say, that second one that came up that bit him was essentially what I saw Marcus Smart do to my man uh, Cold as Ice in ATL. He literally stepped on in his way to cause an injury. That shit happens, and that's exactly what happened in in Dallas when the dude walked across his path to fuck up his ankle. That was, uh, that's not him. That was a situation. Mm-hmm. But people have made their claim and put their line in the sand off of him versus looking at the situation. And to give up on that, on him, 
and think that those situations will continue over continuously again is a fallacy, and that is a mistake. And then you will be doing essentially what the old dude did is when you got that piece, you took the other piece away, i.e. Odell and Saquon. You literally put, you took the dude's right-hand man out of the picture and then had him facing a whole squad every week. And then you put in people and brought in these so-called senseis to try to whip up some karate shit, and they got their ass whipped because they weren't good senseis. But that's not him. But you want to put that on him because of your feelings about him and what he does for a living. And your prejudice that precedes that kind of behavior. They ain't got shit to do with football. They ain't got shit to do with him. And it is a mistake if you move away from that too soon. No, right? they and did. No, mm-hmm. yeah, they I, did. I they say, they motherfucker. He like Batman, right? They took this. They took his Alfred and Eli, and then they said, "All right, and you want to do this shit without robbing it, OBJ." And now you gotta fight Joker, Two Face, and motherfucking the Riddler. How fuck is he going? Exactly. <laughs> like, like, bro. Yeah, you know I mean, he's at the end of the day. What's your superpowers, Batman? I'm rich. That's what. That's his. That's his superpower, bro. That's his superpower for real. Like, that's it. So at the end of the day, bro. Like, come on, bro. With nowhere to spend his money. Oh you know I man, like, he still, that's still only do so much, bro. And only you got nowhere to run. Nowhere to run. Still rich, but nowhere to fucking run. This is always going to be a topic uh, of conversation, especially um, because everything that backs the negative. You know, a high draft pick, numbers don't back it up, injuries, and then, of course, losing on top of that. All of that just really, you know, compounds an organization's fandom. There's got to be someone to blame. Someone, Some fans are QB-driven, whether or not – Whatever it may be, it's a QB driven, QB driven. It doesn't matter what happens around the QB. The QB's got to be the best at all times, every time, whatever you got to do. You got to win the game. We lose the game. If, if somebody loses the game because, you know, somebody defense drops an uh, interception, that's QB's fault. You know, block punt, that's QB's fault. We lost the game. You know, miss a field goal. Oh, that's the QB's fault because he didn't go get a touchdown. So, like, it's always, some people are always on the QB. And then some people just, Look at a team and say, I'm going to pick something because of, one, it's a high-value pick I didn't want, and that's what this person would be saying. And, two, there's nothing on the paper statistically in the football categories that's positive. Not a single thing that you look at him is positive statistically. So if you look at that and then you look at the output or lack thereof because of injuries, I can see how some people would sit here and say, we got to get rid of him now. We got to get rid of him now. And I think it's a, a sell high now before we can't type of situation for them. And I think a lot of them believe, you know, it, it, and again, it's, it's, we're always, it's always interesting when we tell someone how they feel. But I, I believe that those people, that niche group, are just tired of losing. And it's always easy to go after a high draft pick at a, a, an important position, and especially in some of their eyes, a more important position than quarterback. And the higher position we picked was running back, 
as you know, as it goes. If you're a Giants fan, looking at it that way, you know, we spent you know you know, want to get semantical the sixth overall pick for a quarterback and the second overall pick for a running back. And at the same time, they've just been losing and no productivity. So go ahead. But check this out. We've been losing before them, though, bro. We've been losing before them. So they actually bring because nothing to of... add to make you better is what you're telling me. If you're losing before no, them and you bring them in and you're still losing, what do they bring to you to make you better? Because Mara messed up and got the wrong GM to head up this team. I believe if they would have moved into in a better direction as far as GM wise, back when they let uh, Coughlin and Reese go, it would have things would have been better. And that would you have might not have Saquon though. Sorry, Saquon, I gotta say something. You might not have Saquon. No, though. I'm just Listen to what I'm saying. I was just getting to that, and okay, those okay. guys may not even be here. Got you, if got you, they went in a different direction um, back then. However. And I get the fact that Gettleman put this language on him, which made it worse. Mm-hmm. Okay? Touched by the hand of God, right? We all heard the whole thing. And even us, even me, I ain't going to say us because I'm speaking for me, because I remember very vividly of me screaming in the parking lot at my uncle's house when I used to take care of him back when this was even going on. This is how long ago, when I was helping out the family, you know what I mean? Yelling in the parking lot saying that this dude will make things better. That did not happen. And why that didn't happen? Because the person that was put in charge to make sure that if he was going to make these moves, then you needed to do things to be able to reinforce their moves, which he did not do. But that is still, to this day, not this kid's fault. And I agree I get them. I don't agree. Scratch that from the, the jury. Will disregard that. What I'm <laughs> let's, have, let's have those words stricken from the record book. Thank you. Yeah, stricken from the record. I misspoke, please. You know what I mean? Don't start changing your minds now. But um, <laughs> nah. But uh, and what was I saying? I, I, I get their vitriol towards the kid because of the production, because of how it's looked these two have not looked great because apparently he wasn't touched by the hand of God. He did need a sensei. He still got what it needs, which you, I mean, this kid is still a brilliant star. You can see it. You know, when he's healthy, he's the best player on the field. You know this. Now, granted, injuries set him back, but whose fault is that? It's still not this kid. You shouldn't want that behavior is what, gives me pause with all of this is because he's still dope. This man didn't, and if you can agree that this man didn't do what he needed to do for the quarterback and the running back by fixing the daggone line, you saw what it was. You saw what it was. And then you incorporate the bad play calling and the senseis that they had in the room. Come on, man, that's an all-the-way nasty ass, super badass ingredients. Mm-hmm. How you still look, I playing think- yourself? Well, look, we're going to we got about 60 seconds of the live show, 914-205-5796, call in. We're going to go to extra time. Look, this is what I'm talking about. It is, it is definitely not one person's fault, two person's fault. It's a 22-man squad, 11 people on offense, 11 people on defense. you got people coming in and out, and then you also have a coaching staff that you have to worry about, and then, of course, a GM. Again, the, the, the overall point that you made about choosing the GM, um, that that is, that is a – 
a very intriguing road because a lot of these people who have problems may have gotten their wish and got those other players who are now not good. So when we look at that draft, the quarterbacks that were taken around him and him, it's not as if those guys are out there winning Super Bowls or even winning games. So nobody was right. If you wanted Rosen, if you wanted Darnold, or if you wanted Barkley, as of right now, whether all the excuses are out there, you were not right. There's no production, there's no winning, and there's 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 nothing going on. So those No, no, oh no, 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 no. The difference is that those players are bad. This player is not bad. He's just had some unfortunate situation. I didn't say I didn't so say that bad. I didn't say that they were all bad or all good. I said they were the wrong decisions. All three of those, if you wanted all three of them, as of right now, they are the wrong decision to make. Now, right now, now, again, the excuses are all there. You know, you want to talk about other players. You want to talk about coaches. You want to talk about the way things were run and, you know, the accidents that happen on the football field that aren't his fault. Those are all good excuses. But as of right now, they're not winning. And, and, and Donald's got excuses. And Rosen's got it. Well, no, Rosen's got no excuses. That just dude's trash. But you, we have – we talk about Saquon. Donald's got all the excuses. Adam Gase, big problem, right? He leaves Adam Gase. He gets over to Carolina. They're winning games. CMC's gone. He's got problems. So, look, like, it's – there's excuses, but we can also see there is good in those two at least. I would say if, you know, CMC doesn't get hurt in Carolina, what does that team look like? you know, with Sam Darnold and, and, and Christian McCaffrey in that defense. The same goes for Saquon Barkley. He doesn't get hurt. The offensive line is there. There's things. So, again, as it goes right now, sitting today, hindsight's always the winner. Those are wrong choices, along with the other choices that were made. You get what I'm saying? They're, they're, those aren't the single things that were bad. Drafting Saquon Barkley number two overall isn't the only thing wrong with the New York Giants. Hindsight. That's the There's a multitude of things. But real quick, real quick. That was the but his, But him being drafted there and the other subsequent decisions made after harp on why. You get what I'm saying? Again. Which is the main, the main point is no Gettleman. There's probably no Saquon and it's probably uh, who knows what it's going to be. Who, who knows who the GM is that again, that, that, you know, that's a multiverse question for, for strange, but this right. As we sit with the hindsight, nothing looks right in that draft. The quarterbacks, the run, nothing looks right on paper, visually. Th- there's nothing there. That's what I'm saying. Now, if we got if we if all those excuses for every player in there go the opposite way and they're done right, maybe we're talking about a different situation. But I look at the greatest players and and not of all time, but the greatest players of maybe this year or next year or last year. Those guys are overcoming things, right? I think we we talk about the Joe Burrow. They call they're overcoming something, right? I, I, again, the verbiage was used, touched by the hand of God, but with the number over, two overall pick, you got to overcome some things. Now, those are excellent, excellent 
things that you point at with the head coaching and the philosophy of the offense and the inability to, to make an offensive line. Those are not, you know, things to not look at. But I was told, if I remember correctly, he could overcome some of those things. But then there's injuries, but those aren't his fault either. So it's just, that's, again, the no, whole I mean, on Murphy, it's, it's go ahead, what I'm saying. No, you good. You good. And by no means, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation back and forth. I don't have any malice. I, I would just love to get. But, I like I like hate rambling. Sorry, go ahead, bro. No, I was just it's it's not that he was supposed to overcome them. And however, I find it difficult to look with the eye test and see what it's doing and then say, how is that his fault? Because if you can't even get momentum, you're taking, I mean, you're almost pitter-pattering to the point you get three steps in and not only do you get the, you know, it's not just one move after three steps. It's a whole body. It's a whole, (laughs) I mean, it's a whole body. And then there's another one like shortly after. And when you get hit, with that kind of missed block, missed assignment, how anyone overcome that? How do how does he move out of the way? How does he make a a gain, especially after coming off an injury and then having that same line and that same bloviating guy walking around from Monday to I mean from Tuesday to Saturday. All of a sudden, you got to go behind all these dudes after you coming off an injury, and they may, and you feel some kind of way about it because that came out right after. Giants may have hurt Saquon Barkley. So now, not only are you hurt behind the fact that your own team probably caused it, and the people in charge, you know, it's a human being. I just don't see how you overcome that. And then want to now get rid of that when you see that the new guys coming in and may do the right thing by actually doing something about that. And then right before, it's almost like Tiki Barber leaving before the year before Super Bowl. You know what I mean? There's that possibility, and I feel in my gut, man, that there's a strong possibility that that is a situation that is very likely to happen because people pull the trigger and they throw away shit too early, too soon. They always they make a, an assumption, a perception, uh, an idea about something, and that sticks there. But in their normal life, people can change. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It don't. It doesn't stretch across all walks. And if I'm saying, if you're going to say that that person can change, why not have that same feeling about this situation? Because it's a strong possibility that it is. He's a year from the injury now. He has a better team. He has better senseis to trust in. This running back coach ain't no joke. And if you get rid of him now, I think that's a mistake. That's all I'm saying. I, I get what's gotten us to this point. Yep. I get yep. that feeling because I have no case to make about that. And I said it at the end of the season, not so you heard me. If any, if yeah, they can all go, right? You heard me. I said they can all go. And if that's what happens, that's what happens. But I hope that they don't make that decision too hasty because this, these two kids, both of them, there's a strong chance that they might be good. I asked that shit to Shake yesterday. I said, yo, what if he's good? 
Like the we end get, of the Time to Kill movie. What if he's white? And everybody opening eyes and shit. Oh, sorry. I was say definitely one of them. I'm never going to be sold on Daniel Jones. You can't do it to me. Not never. Uh, but Saquon Barkley, I've never had a problem with. Yeah, again, this is not this. What'd you say? I said, yeah, we oh. ain't got to save Daniel today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're going we to gonna go skip over that and keep moving no, on. Let me ask this, you. This, this, this is it right here to me. Look, he just said, and they were talking about Shane, the phone. I'll pick it up. I'll talk to you. And the thing is, is Packers have, and this is a side note for a reason, the Packers have offers, trade offers, on their table for Aaron Rodgers right now. Hold on, sorry. I had a cough there. Do you think that, like, nobody calls all the time? He's saying, you know why he said that? And I think this just hit me right now. Because the dumb motherfucker that sat behind that podium before for y'all, that phone wasn't getting answered. He's letting the teams know, new regime, I'm not a dumb fuck, I will talk to you, and we can figure this shit out. And if you call me with a good enough deal, I'll make it happen to make my team better. And this is something that, this is why, again, this is another added to why I don't believe this is, the, this is he's telling everyone, this is not the same shit. I'm opening to talk to everyone. He only said that to me, again, because, one, he knows he needs to get better. And, two, he knows the guy before him didn't pick up the fucking phone. If you don't pick up the phone for four years, people stop calling. So instead of him going to and making that call himself, I got time in front of the national media. Guess what, 31 teams? The idiot's not here no more. The dumb fuck that made promises that didn't never came true, he's gone. I'm here. Give me a call, and if it works for me, and it makes the team better, and I get money from it, and I get maybe picks in the future, I will think about it. Because he never said he was going to answer the phone call and just trade everyone as soon as they call. So I'm going to think about it. And again, that, that leads me to my point I brought up earlier is he did not step in that building last week before everyone got there and just started making decisions. Again, he did not walk in the building and go, we need to make this decision, we need to make this decision. Uh, he, he waited for everyone to come before he started making decisions. And I don't. that's what I'm saying. I didn't feel like there was a sense of delegation, a sense of actual, like, I have people under me I trust with the other guy. I know what's best, and then I'm going to do these things, but, but I'm not going to do them. The only thing that I believe Gettleman said he was going to do that he came through on was drafting Saquon Barkley. Everything else he lied about. So this guy is telling everyone, I'm not here to bullshit you. And everyone else who was trying to call before for deals because we got dead weight on this team that needs to get the fuck off, but you want it and you're willing to give me a fourth or a third or a second or a fifth for it, and we can build the future – and we're going to start doing that now instead of trying to keep people. And add, it's just, it, it, to me, this seems like such a different 12 minutes than the other ones. But, again, I can understand the wariness because it sounded good when he said, I want to get these hog mollies. It sounded good when he said, we ain't signing to trade him. It sounded fabulous 
when he said this about that and about getting defensive linemen. Like, it sounded good, but none of that came true. And then even it sounded good when he was touched by the hand of God, but it hasn't came true yet. Now, that's still a verdict that can be come out, but you can't say those things when you don't know them. And he said a lot of that shit he didn't know. And Shane, to me, didn't say something he didn't know. Well, again, it was a lot of GM speak, trying to get better, trying to move forward. We know we need changes, but a lot of clarity in it. I'm harping back on it because I think it's one of the biggest things now that I'm thinking about it over and over and over again. Telling the entire NFL world that the phone is is ready to be answered is not a cry for everyone on this roster is gone. It's telling everyone I'm available to talk and have some real conversations about making the New York Giants better and possibly giving you a player that you may think may better your team. You know, and, and I think the biggest thing I take from the, not the biggest thing, but one of the things I take from it at the end is be competitive today and also build for tomorrow. He didn't say win. He didn't say go out and make the playoffs and try to build for tomorrow. He didn't say go win a Super Bowl and try to win for tomorrow. He said be competitive today and also build for tomorrow. That means putting a product on the field for the last five games of the season that doesn't get blown out by 20-plus points or more. It means putting a product on the field that can score more than 15 to 20 points a game. That's competitiveness. And I think that's awesome because that wasn't being talked about. We're going to win in the trenches, and we're going to run down people's throat, and we're going to have hog mollies and, and all this. And that's all fine and dandy and sounds good, but you do none of it. But to me, again, this just screams. Uh, listen, I agree with you on the GM part. You know what I mean? Everything that you're saying on the GM part, I agree with you. And all the shit that you're coming to, I, I, I feel you. I'm not a disagreeance at all with you on that one. But the disagreeance I have that I've just been waiting to, to talk about <laughs> is the statement of hindsight, looking at it, nobody was the great choice. Nobody was the, the right guy. Now, real quick, me being petty, <laughs> me being petty, the right choice would have been Quentin Nelson, right? Like me being mm-hmm. real and me being petty, that would have been the right choice, all right? Yep. But I would say this, though, about Saquon being the wrong choice, that's where I disagree. Because people, and I get it, though. I really do. I get it. I mean, what have you done for me lately? So I, I, I see. I get that. But people seem to forget when Saquon came in this league, his rookie season was amazing. He won the rookie of the fucking year. Why? Because he's special. He's a special fucking player. And you take those special players. Football, you're going to get hurt. Players get hurt. Sometimes it's just the, it's just the, how the cookie crumbles. But is it all said and done? Is that this all be all and, and that's it for Saquon? He's just injury? No. We're still talking about a guy that didn't even spend five years in the league yet. Okay? So that's why he was the right choice. That's why it wasn't a mistake. 
and hopefully we'll get to reap those rewards and they don't get rid of him. Because that would be a mistake. I, I think, again, I almost feel like some people can listen to that and say, you're a New York Saquon fan. You're not a New York Giant fan. Because if he leaves and you win, would you be happy? Because if you're not happy of winning when he's gone, that means you're not a fan of the Giants. You're a fan of Saquon, right? So, again, I'm not saying he is a bad player. I've never said that he was not good or not great. Choice. That team was not ready to undertake a running back with that offensive line, an aging quarterback, and no requisite wide receivers to help him, well, except for one. But who knew who the quarterback was going to be throwing to him? And we saw what happened. Anyway, we're not talking about OBJ, but that, again, for the Giants at the time. Now, if Gettleman does what the fuck he said he was going to do and gets hog mollies and gets an offense and doesn't trade OBJ, then me and you may be having a totally different conversation about how our team faced off in the playoffs. But that's not what happened. It would be because, see, that's the problem with this shit. And, yeah, you know I mean, everybody knows that I was a, a, a big proponent for uh, Gettleman. But let's re- being real with it, he's the reason why it hasn't worked out for Saquon Barkley. Talking about it, he sat there and didn't get the hog models that he really needed for that running back. But not only that, after that, he chose the wrong fucking quarterback, Right? So all these things that happen after the fact, when you sit there and say, oh, it was the wrong choice for the time being, no, it was the right choice just after the fact he didn't make the right choices, okay? Because after you get somebody special like that, you surround them with the players and everything you need to fucking reap the rewards. And instead, he went backwards. He went backwards. The offensive line got worse. The quarterback was doo-doo. I mean, bro, seriously. So, it's not Saquon, okay? It was Gettleman. He fucked this shit up, all right? But now, this new regime has a chance to make it right, and please, make it right. Don't make the same mistake. Again, look, I don't, I don't, I'm not, again, this is one of those things where they're taking the words out of context, in my opinion. Again, this isn't an, this is an avenue for the unadulterated bullshit of social media and the blue check marks to run rampant. If you're a blue check mark and you follow the Giants or you're a blue check mark and you, you follow NFL, and you heard that, and your biggest gripe for the past whatever years with the Giants is Saquon, or your biggest gripe is Daniel Jones, which are the two most important positions, and who else are you going to talk about on this team, really? So those two get the the, the brunt of the bullshit as it pertains to all of those blue check marks wanting to run away with the phrase, the phone is open and, you know, I'm entertaining calls for everyone. I mean, the entire roster isn't open, but if you call me and it's interesting, we'll talk about it. Those things are saying to me, look, I know who I have and I know who I don't have. And I need to talk to people. 
And for the last however many years, that phone hasn't rang because if I'm calling, now I need to tell people to start calling. And I think that's what it was. It was, look, the people who know Shane, the people who know those people in the front office, they're going to be able to call. It was for the other teams and the other people that have no intertwining with his front office or with his coaches that don't know and still think the Giants run on the same operation of if we call, we're going to let it ring until it goes to voicemail, which it seems that's what it did. Now it's we're doing we're not doing that shit. We're making it right by entertaining. And I think that's the word that people are missing is entertaining. Like people people ask me to do shit all the time. I entertain that shit all the time. I still don't say yes. So it's like I, I don't understand why. Well, I do because it gets you clicks and it gets you talked about and you get shared everywhere. But when you take that out of context and you take those words and you use it as a certainty when there is no certainty in any of the words Joe Shane used today, that it, 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 it is, it is a way for you to use your plight against the team to push your agenda, which is the way it's going. The crazy thing is, I don't know a team that can lose their running back, lose their quarterback, dump a bunch of players and still put out, top enchilant without making trades for high-end positions. So, look, he said he's our quarterback right now. Those are the two words that everyone's harping on right now, which, you know, GM speak because we all think right now means we're going to evaluate. He just fucking told y'all that for the last eight minutes. If these medium motherfuckers was listening, they would have heard him say, I'm evaluating the entire roster. And we're going to move forward with what we think is best. So, look, <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm with the notion that this is different. But I understand if you don't believe that because you've heard over the last however many years the same bullshit and the same rhetoric that produces nothing. But this is the time right now. Yes, do that. With the right, with the right now, uh, I am... I do feel differently about quarterback and drafting one now after today. I, I will say that. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I have to say that because I did hear that earlier. One of the excerpts mm-hmm. um, of him talking about being open and drafting in the process that they have, and they have done work on the quarterbacks. Um, I don't think he would have done that months ago back in Buffalo with Josh Allen. You know what I mean? So by him saying that, I do think he kind of let that little seep of air or little light into the crust of secrets that they got, chamber of secrets, if you will. You know what I mean? I think Harry got some shit working. Hopefully the potter can get a quarterback because if that's the case, you know, I'm, I'm with that. I'm all on board with that. And it doesn't have to be five or seven either, but, you know, just the fact that he's looking at these quarterbacks and potentially getting one because in this particular draft, even though I do like the pickets of the world, the Willis's of the world, the Desmond Ritter is my son, if you can get a Desmond Ritter, because I don't think he's on a lot of people's radar, but I do think he's one of the most polished just based off of how much football he's played. 
at a consistently, gradually getting better level than the rest of the guys. You know, Pickett, he just, I know, understand that he may have been the thing, but he's like Burrow, just came on the scene and just lit the world on fire, which you can't go wrong with that. Will is the same way. You know, Matt Coral, he has a little football under his belt. Uh, uh, Carson Strong, not so much, but I ain't going to get into all of them. But I, I, I did change my my opinion of what direction they may go with as far as my whole draft board is concerned when he said that. Might be getting a quarterback. Might. Strong possibility. Mm-hmm. I think all 22 positions are a possibility. Now, I mean, that's facetious, but it's real. Like, he's not hindering himself by only looking at quarterbacks or only looking at – he's got two top ten picks. He's also said he's willing to go back. So if he's got the opportunity to trade back in a draft and get an additional second round to pick up a player he has rated in the second round that's probably going to fall there or the start of third and go get more players that they've been able to – you know, scout and think that they will fit perfectly into the system. I think that's that's something. So he, to me, this is why I'm saying this is like you t- you going into those other drafts. You were told what was going to happen. You don't know what Joe Shane's going to do because one, I don't 100 percent fully think he knows because he's not. It's only been a week, so he's he's still got to talk to all the players, talk to those agents, and he's got to talk to the you know. The, the the draft, which he's going to do now, he's going to talk to the, the, the future kids coming in. So, look, everything's on the table from obviously the most needed position in lineman to quarterback to to whatever. You know, uh, they got what the defensive players that are, you know, could be there for you. It, those things to me are the doors open now. There's not you. If you're in a camp right now, you got to be feeling good. If you're in the get a new QB camp, you feel good. If you're in the get a new running back camp, you feel good. If you're in the new get a new defense camp, you feel good because everything's open. I, I like five or seven could be two defensive players, two offensive players, a quarterback, a defensive player, a running back, or a wide receiver in a defense. It could be whatever turned into two player, turned into two or three more picks because you go get five and you trade seven away because someone loves Willis so much they're willing to go from fourteen to seven and give the farm up for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, or 14 to 5 and give up the entire farm. And, like, those things are crazy because it's it's just like, look, man, the, the, the possibilities are endless. And to me, the biggest thing for when it comes to the team continuity and, and what may be happening, if we start seeing restructures instead of releases, that's going to speak volumes to me watching this GM take over. Because if those players are willing to take pay cuts instead of take their money and run by getting released, they still oh, they still get their guaranteed money. And, but they're saying, no, we'll, we'll take the less money because we believe and we know which is going to happen because we can see it on the wall. Right? It's the writing's on the wall now. So I think that's a big, big thing to me that could happen in the next few weeks, especially with multi- multiple guys. Martinez takes a cut. Bradbury takes a cut. Shep takes a cut, multiple other guys take cuts, and you're seeing the team want to come back because they think, oh, look, we can do this. 
Now, again, some guys are just going to get cut regardless because, you know, the money's just not going to be too crazy, but, you know, it's and then maybe productivity along with the money, you just got to go. But to me, this is it's like, yo, if you, if you, in, like I said, if you in any camp, you're just, you're looking at it like you can write any story you want with what he said. And that just leaves everything open for him to figure out what really needs to be fixed. So I think right now your draft board, not yours, but if you're a fan of the Giants, your draft board is wide open. Now, once the combine's over, pro days get done with, and more stories get told or, or leaked, and, and, you know, we can hear, you know, who they were talking to in the combine, whose pro days they went to to go watch, you will definitely see, you know, what what's going on. Um, if if it's a couple scouts, no GM, no head, no quarterbacks coach, but just a couple scouts at these quarterback pro days, probably not looking at a quarterback at five or seven. But if Joe Shane and Dable and all them boys are at you know Cincinnati or they're at one of these schools, they're at Pitt or wherever on a pro day. I mean, I mean. That, that speaks volumes. I think that wouldn't be bullshitting to me. That would be them doing their due diligence on a quarterback that they believe they could take. So, again, again, that, that's one of those things that's that's really interesting because the draft, to me, like you said, it changed your opinion on taking a quarterback. It changed my opinion on them being set in their ways and, and whatever it was. Like it felt like the old regime was whatever whatever we were they were going to do. Uh, as soon as the season ended, they were going to do that on draft day. Like, nothing else mattered, it felt like to me. Uh, somebody was going to interrupt me. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing. I said first, I said I was excited, but I'm looking forward to seeing what, what he does with with the team that he got. I also got the guy, I, think, I forget his last name, but I think his first name, Brandon, assistant general manager. He Brandon Brown. Yeah, Brandon Brown. <clears throat> I know his name hasn't been uh, thrown around much myself uh, since he's been hired, but I really like that pick and his position, the amount of, you know, Sammy Davis that he has to, you know, well, I, I will probably say a little bit more. But, no, nah, that's not true because Sammy had a lot of pull when it came to, you know, Dean and, and speaking to Frank and the board, you know. So he wasn't all the way out. The, you know, they just didn't have him there for show and genuinely, you know, and, and, you know, appreciated the brother. So I'm I'm glad that it has already appeared on the outside that his opinion, his expertise, what he brings to the table is valued and it's a collaborative. It feels more like a collaborative thing thus far. So I'm excited. Based off of that, I'm excited and looking forward to what they bring. Um, mm-hmm. So, that's it. We'll get this out, and then we'll get closing statements in. Look, if I was a fan of a team that was losing over the last five years, and then you tell me I get a head coach from a team that's just in the AFC Championship game, I get a defensive coordinator that's from a long line of defensive prowess uh, teams in Baltimore. Then I also get a GM from the same AFC championship team. And then I also get somebody from the chiefs. I would say, look, man, we're moving in the right direction. We're not bringing in some, some nepotistic ass special teams motherfucker because Bill Belichick picked up a phone call. We are bringing in guys who 
are from establishments that, you know, are sustainably doing well at where they were at. So Giants fans got to look at that and go, look, man, right now they're saying the right things and resumes speak for themselves. So I think a lot of people, as much as the arguing and the debating and, and the back and forth goes, a lot of people are, are probably in that same E, the chosen one standpoint. I'm going to wait and see because, you know, we've heard all the good shit before. We're just going to wait and see what happens. And I think that's what's awesome about it is the wait and see approach for this is going to be the best because it's going to be the way that the way that you see Shane work, the way you see Dabo do his thing, and, 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 and all these guys get together. I think it's going to be equate to um, positivity uh, moving forward for the Giants. Again, this is something – I, 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 you can listen back, man. <laughs> I am a negative Charlie Nelly when it comes to the expectations for a front office and a coaching staff when it came to the Giants for the last five years. The positive here today is because this doesn't sound or seem like anything else the Giants have put forward in the last five years. At that being said, closing statements going on. Um, we'll start with LRP, sir. Thank you so much for the back and forth. Saquon conversation was much needed. I think a bunch of people um, understand a lot more now. Um, but closing statement, thank you for coming through. Uh, sorry for the late appearance, ladies and gentlemen. I know we run usually at 7. I uh, ran a little later there. Thank you for hanging with us. LRP, the floor is yours. No, I ain't got nothing for the people, man. Good show. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody. Hug your loved ones. Walk with benevolence. Strive for greatness. Peace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't forget, uh, every Tuesday, Nacho Average Tuesday, we'll be trying to get, bring you some shows. It is the off season; It's going to be hard. Next week, though, we will be back to that sports talk. We will have a little bit of Giants talk. And then, of course, I got a special guest for you all if you all listening. We got some boxing, quote-unquote, expert coming in. We're going to talk some Canelo fights. Tyson Fury's got a fight coming up, so keep that in touch. I say that because I know the next guy is going to finish his closing statement. Eat a chosen one. I know you're going to want to tune in next Tuesday, but... Closing statement tonight, sir. Thank you so much for coming in. I enjoyed everything you did say, and uh, thank you for listening. E, the chosen one, sir. I think you're muted, unless you're you're in the background. Silence, golden, perfect. Shakes, sir. So I hear, like, Tower got, like, 18 different motherfucking spinoffs, right? Then I hear, like, Euphoria's off the chain. Then Bel Air is sick as fuck. But on another note, the New York Giants might be moving in the right direction. Closing statement, anything you like to talk about, speak about, man, I enjoyed it. Thank you, Shakes, and the rest of the gentlemen for coming in. No doubt. Um, yeah, great show. Um, yeah, it's a lot of, um, a lot of entertainment, a lot of distractions, as I said yesterday, man. It's a lot of distractions out there, but, hey, um, we'll get through it. Whatever they trying to distract us from, we'll get through it. <laughs> um, what I want to say, um, really... Even though I felt it may have been a right move 
um, after the fact. Well, I'm not going to say I ever said it was the right move, but I would say that I understood it in getting rid of OBJ. But I always stayed an OBJ fan. I always watched him even when he was in Cleveland to even utter the words that, man, this man might be washed up. Because I looked and I watched and I kept watching. I'm like, damn, man, fucking my boy career up. And so for him to get released and then go to L.A., Cinderella story, wins the Super Bowl. Right? That's awesome. But off the field, this man has just welcomed a new kid, a new baby. So shout-outs to him on winning not only on the field but off the field as well. Um, life must be great, but it also comes with a lot of um, turmoil as well. You know, he's going through uh, a very significant injury. He's a free agent, you know. So he got a lot of things to think about, but, hey, man, you are a Super Bowl champion, and you are now a father. So shout-outs to OBJ. And um, shout-outs to the crew, man. Great show. We'll be back tomorrow. Debate Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Black Freezy hosting the show. So, And um, I'm definitely going to be looking forward to that uh, Nacho Evans Tuesday with the boxing expert and hear what y'all got to say about the boxing shit because football is over. Um, basketball is getting on its way to being on its end. Um you know, playoffs is coming, so we're going to be definitely talking about that a lot. But, um, yeah, like, this is a great time to uh, get into some boxing and see what's going on in that. So even though I'm not a hardcore boxing fan, I do double and dabble and watch some. So definitely looking forward to hearing what y'all got to say about that. But other than that, man, I'm out, man. Great show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Shakes. Either chosen one, you want to get a closing statement in before we get out of here, or are you still in the background? Perfect. Thank you so much. Definitely, bro. I'm, I'm oh, here. There we go. Come I'm here. On. I got you guys. It's a pleasure being a fan today, man. Sometimes I do those things. Where I just want to hear what you guys got to say, and, you know, I'll, I'll dip and dab in when I need to, but it was so many interesting takes on what was going on today with you know, our GM, Shane's doing what he does and saying what he said and dissecting the things that he said. But you said something, Nacho, that, that you know, um, spoke to the aforementioned of what I said, which led into what Shakes and also LRP said. And that is sometimes you have to sift through the shit to find the gold in it. Don't start sifting if you're really not looking. Don't do it for the sake of people talking around you. That's what makes a great GM a great GM. You can have your surroundings outside in what they may call a society, but behind closed doors, you are the man. Your decision is going to be best, and it's going to show on the field when it comes down to game time. That's what really kills a New Yorker. We have so much to say 
in our opinionated, factual thought process, that when you got the stats and the facts put in front of us, that's where I get it from, you hush mouths, you change minds, but most of all, you get rid of a stigma that was before you and you set a president presently for yourself. So Shane didn't do anything wrong, but he has all the power to do everything right. And that's why my answer is I am going to wait and see, meaning that I am going to microcosmically dissect everything everything he said because I want to not be the dude to have to come back and say, you see, Nacho, this is why I said I want to wait and see. And so far, we have seen the same shit. So now he has a chance to shut us up, show us the way, do some things, and be a man of his word. That's all this is about. I welcome him. I thank you guys for giving me the time to speak today. I love the fact that we talked about this in depth, but it will get bigger because Combine, free agency, and the draft is coming. So he will be under the microscope and the media and the microphone pause. I know what time it is. Thank you for the time again. You chose one from the Bronx, and I'm out of here. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming. Look, this is an entirely, entirely interpretable 12-minute presser. Any way you feel, Joe Shane said how you feel. If you want to run with the fact that Saquon's gone, you can run with it. If you want to run with the fact that Daniel Jones is gone, you can run with it. If you want to run with the fact that he's going to take two offensive linemen in the first two picks, run with that. If you think he's going to trade the first two picks, run with that. He said all of that in not as many words because he knows that more is less and less is more. The more he tells people that he's doing everything, the less he's got to tell people he's doing everything to me. I think at the end of the day, uh, he's starting off strong in these pressers. He's starting off way more intelligent sounding, if that makes any sense to y'all, than the other one did. And look, this is a guy, <laughs> here's a guy, that I believe when he stands up there and says, you know, I'm fielding calls for everyone, it is not a knock on any player and it is not a situation where he's saying every player is gone he is just letting the world know and the other gms and the other front offices know we are taking calls now we heard it for many years that front regime did not take many calls didn't want to let the phone ring he's letting people know that's not going to happen anymore and if you got a deal that makes sense for both of us but the giants more importantly to help the Giants move forward, Joe Shane's going to make that deal. And I don't care. I really don't care what anyone says. That's what I took from it. I can't take anything else from it because without the, with the exception of the questioning later when he mentions two players, um, he doesn't mention any other player by name. And he doesn't really 
get into this or that and you know the right now comment it's it is what it is man he still got his due diligence to do he still got his studying to do process of making sure every piece is fixed or fixable and if it's fixed don't worry about it if it's fixable let's do it and if it's in dire need let's take care of it now i think that's what's going on and we'll have to see in the coming months again the combine, as interesting as these interviews are going to be, and then when we hear that he's interviewed four quarterbacks and running backs and defensive linemen and all these players because he's doing his due diligence, to me, the combine will mean nothing when it comes to those interviews. Pro days. Pro days. Pro days. If he's taking the time to travel to a young man's pro day to get a second look at him and a second interview possibly and maybe even have a second pro day like some of these kids have, I would look really deeply into one of those players possibly being the first pick or the second pick in one of your first two top tens. This is going to be fun. Again, next week is going to be basketball talk. We're going to get into everything. The first hour will be playoff picture, um, injuries, who's playing well, why the New York Knicks should have taken John Morant instead of R.J. Barrett, and we will talk about injuries. Who can survive, who cannot survive. My goodness, the Wait, NBA man. season. The Knicks had that? an opportunity to get John, John Morant? I can't get into it. <laughs> Are you sure? I didn't know that. I believe he went third, if I'm not mistaken, in that draft. Knicks got R.J. Barrett second, and the Grizzlies got John Morant third. If I'm not oh mistaken, God. I can double-check that draft. Let me see here. <laughs> oh, my God. I heard that today, and I and I may be wrong. But let me – I heard it, and I'm repeating it as gospel. Well, I didn't want to continue tonight. I mean, I <laughs> – Mine, but I'm just saying that caught me. Oh, okay, stuff. no, no, no. I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. Hold on here. Let me get this correctly here. <laughs> oh, no, they did not. They did not. I am mistaken. I am 100% mistaken. <laughs> Flip that around. Yo, Flip that on. around. Oh, the Knicks were the third pick. I, was, I wasn't paying. I'm pick. sorry. I don't mean to interrupt nobody. But I know I did not hear somebody say, the Knicks had a chance to get John Morant and drafted R.J. Barrett. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Uh, okay, the I'm, I'm making was sure Memphis I'm not Grizzlies right. And John Morant, and then uh, R.J. Barrett went third to the Knicks. So um, that's yeah, how that I, went out I, again. I, yeah. I heard wrong earlier. I, I, my, I, bet. Um, I thought I, believe, I heard somebody say that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I believe it. that what I was listening to earlier was a knock on the Pelicans. <laughs> Sorry, not a knock on the Knicks. It was the Pelicans who drafted one ton Zion instead of John Morant or even R.J. Barrett. My bad. Sorry. Shouldn't have to pile on to the non-bubble playing Knicks right now. But um, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to harp on to the. I didn't mean to harp on to the Knicks and the sadness that's going on over there now. Sorry. That was. I get that, especially when it's the man who scores the most ever in franchise history, and then two days later breaks his own record. John Morant, like. Can we like I don't mean to get off topic and I know we got to get out of here, but can we just talk about right there with you. like right there with my you. goodness? I know I know we prisoner of the moment in twenty twenty two. Sorry, go ahead, LP. I'm sorry. 
No, I was. I'm sorry. I was talking over you, man. Um, I no, was just saying the dude is ridiculous, man. He's so much of a joy to watch. That was it. Go ahead. You're right. It's just, it's and this is Trey Young and John Morant's league, and they about to take it over, and we about to watch them all the time. And I was I I was in the conversation with someone about basketball because. You know, obviously, the the debate is always, you know, it's always, you know, the the Jordan and the LeBron or Kobe or, you know, we're always talking about the past because as much as we love LeBron, he's the past now. This youth, the youth coming in, we start discussing, this is league in good hands. I mean, Zion was supposed to be it, but he's, you know, he's not getting right and these other players, but then you just look around the league and you look around and you just see Trey Young and you see John Morant and the bar that they set on a weekly basis. And and I know Trey's kind of falling off a little. I believe his – I don't know if it's injuries or whatever, but I, don't, I know he's not in the news as much lately, but he's still performing. But those two guys right now, and I know the, the prisoner of the moment from last year, Trey, and now with, with Ja doing this thing, I'll be prisoner of the moment for the next 10 years if these guys just do what they've been doing. It's going to be fun to watch. And – you got the, the the other kids coming in, and it man, John Morant is just that dude. <laughs> and I can't one. I can't stress Lamelo Ball. Detroit yeah. got got one. Lamelo Ball is on the um killing it. Um, he's hella fun to watch. Uh, what's uh, DeRozan? The 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 I mean. People people don't think they're young because they've been in the league for so long. But the tandem up in Boston was that Tatum and and and, and um, I'm drawing a blink. I can't remember the other kid's name. They're both like 25. Yeah, they've been in the conference finals. Yeah, like though the youth of NBA right now. I know it didn't look great maybe five years ago, but it is just it's taking off, man. I, I'm just excited and I can't wait. I mean, it's just it's just one of them things, man. Again. Next week, we're going to talk basketball. We're going to get into all of this. Hopefully, some more records are broken. Things go wrong. Uh, things go right. He's, and some things go injured. Wrong. He's injured right now, but we're definitely not going to leave Zion Williamson out of that conversation, and we damn sure ain't going to leave Luka Doncic out of it either. No. I, I might have to leave Zion out right now. I have to see way more. When you've missed more games than you've played, we can get into that situation. Maybe it is more of a I don't want to play here situation, but I need to see a consistency from Zion Williamson before I'm willing to put him in with those guys we just mentioned. But he's definitely got the talent, and he's definitely got the potential to be in there, and he should be in there. I don't know what the injuries are about. I don't know what the situation in New Orleans is about 100%. But we've seen it with Anthony he's Davis, so that, I'm not really drinking that same water that Anthony Davis. Hey, Zion, he gonna be as good as Shaq or he can be um, another. Um, what I was just thinking about is always hurt, big man. I was just thinking about it. Oldham. Just had it. Greg Oldham, yep. Greg Oldham. That's that, that, that's the. Oh, that's the terrible. I don't want Barkley to be Greg Oldham, bro. Greg Oldham. He's not. Greg Oldham is a football player. I ain't saying Barkley, bro. I said motherfucking Zion, bro. Zion Williams. Greg Oldham. Comparison. No, you're right, though. You're right, though. I mean, if he he has the ability to be a great, 
like you said, like those other players, like like a Shaquille, uh, like, like a Charles Barkley. I mean, not not necessarily those two examples being, you know, those great, but ability to be as great as those, the ceiling is that high. I like it, but Again, the floor like is just low. Sorry. That's when you said bomb. No, I was just I was ad living with you. Um, that's what it, Charles Barkley. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I say he has potential to be as good as a Shaq or a Charles Barkley, but uh, yeah, or, I mean, or other way around, he could be Greg Oden. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now I'm caught up. Well, he could be. <laughs> I like the comparison, though. I he like could. Be he, may, he may need to change the scenery. But Anthony Davis ain't really doing what, what I mean. Since they got that what, preferential what? treatment in the but, bubble, but what they've you, done you since. You referenced though. this, Nacho. You said what? you got to see more out of him. Think mm-hmm. about Anthony Davis's last four years. He's been True. injured more than he's played. Yep. Like, bit, but no, he gets the pass. He gets the pass. The bubble chip gets a pass. Anthony Davis has got a pass. It's not. I mean, you were you were listening to the to the big heads last year. He's a top five player in the world. You and me yeah. both just well, talked about play, right? But injuries, like like that was the thing. People were like, he's the top five player in the world, and then everyone had to preface it with if he's healthy. And then of course we saw it in the in, in the bubble. He was one. It was a thirty nine percent from three, something like that. Or or, or it's, it, he just was. He was dominating in the bubble, and then they come out, and he gets injured. And then, of course, you got more injuries around the team, and then they've traded away all the youth there. That's another problem with the Lakers. But Anthony Davis, that he needed that change. Need no I need, need no I need outside. to need to sit. Yeah, bro, he don't need to go outside ever. Yeah, he can't go on the team. <laughs> Maybe look, he needs to stay his ass in the house like he in the bubble. Just put so bro, that's the bubble. That's a fact. Key word, LRP, bubble. Yeah. What was that you know, movie? It was called Bubble Boy, play, right? Bubble Where Boy. Where the kid couldn't, he, he couldn't breathe regular air, right? It was called Bubble Boy. Yep, yep. He he uh not not that he couldn't breathe regular air. He uh maybe it was something like that, but he just had these fucking he had like allergic yeah, to everything, and if he like touched his skin, it would like break out and shit. He thought so. His parents kept him in yeah. a bubble. That's a whole other movie, but yeah, it, it, it made that kid it. out of a petri dish. <laughs> Look at this. This, this, this is a nice picture. A nice this picture. This is full frame. Their faces just oh, like that. that wasn't nice. My bad, nice America. Thing. That was funny, though. Nice. Faces are going to be right there. I don't want to continue. Well, check this out. This is what we're going to do next week. We're going to spend the first hour talking. We're going to spend the first hour talking NBA talk. We're going to talk all NBA, all things. You want to talk Eastern Conference? You want to talk. Western Conference. like a booty, right? He's going to talk about it, baby, just like how they talk about it. Yeah. So, like I said, we're going to get up out of here. we got about three minutes before we get to kick kick the can down the road like these teams are doing with these contracts. But, like I said, we got the, the, the debate Wednesday tomorrow, thriving Thursday on Thursday, East out Friday on Friday. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about with some of these shows coming on. Um, the, the biggest well, thing that we're going to talk though. about – Sorry, go ahead. Just wanted, no, I just wanted to say this week it will be, you know, for me, driving Thursdays. I won't be working. Go All right. Ahead. Thank you for the heads up. So keep an ear out. Maybe it'll be a space as we do. Maybe it will be a driving I'll, I'll Thursday. I'll pick it up. I got you. LRP, I'm letting it be known right now. 
We'll be in Spaces with E on Thursday. I got you, bro. Boom. Spaces, Thursday. The cool thing about that is Thursday. Guess what that is? First day of drills for quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends in the NFL Combine. We will have a lot to talk about because if you do the right which is what we do normally 4 p.m. Uh, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time will be when it starts. I think it ends 7 p.m. So right when we get on the air, I think maybe a little before, uh, E will have us on. We could talk about the measurements and everybody that performed that day, uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers. And, of course, we'll also have other measurements from other people. Man, we're going to have a big week. Again, Tuesday, first hour, NBA, second hour, draft talk. We get this extra time. We're going to talk about whatever. You know what we do. Look at this, man. Thank everybody for coming. I can't wait. Um, this is going to be a fun, fun uh, NBA season. I can already tell uh, the way we're getting into it, the way we're talking about it. Um, this is just a way more open and fun parody of a league that I love to see. Um, on one more note before we get out of here, baseball is dead. No one seems to care because it's baseball. As we move forward, can't wait to the end of this NBA season. Jacksonville, Las Vegas Raiders, Hall of Fame game, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, or Green Bay is in London, first time they're doing that. Tampa Bay, first game in Germany next year. We will have NFL to talk about. We may have some schedule highlights to talk about. And, of course, they have the strength of schedules out already because we know which teams play which team. Man, this is going to be fun to talk about. You know why I'm laughing, Nacho? Not at you. But I don't think anybody's going nowhere because of Putin. I don't think nobody's going to nowhere. <laughs> um, I don't think nobody go to Germany. Um, I would probably say right now no. Um, but... As some may know the situation, some may not. If Big Daddy America got to flex the muscle, this might be over faster than other people may think. But that may start up bigger problems. We may not even be talking about football later. That's another discussion for maybe an East Out Friday, though. We got about a minute to get out of here. Everyone be safe, always. And I always say I love you guys. I love every one of you, but I got to say this. I pray for Ukraine. I love everyone in Ukraine. Um, Civilians. All the all the deaths. This is just a cra- crazy tragedy. Uh, we will talk more in depth on the rest of the week, I'm sure. But man, NFL over, but not NBA, XFL, USFL. We got a bunch of shit to talk about in the next couple weeks coming up. And then again, Canelo got a fight. Tyson Fury got a fight. Got a boxing guy coming on next week. We will talk to him, get his opinions, who, what, when, where, and why. And I believe. Mayweather's getting exhibition paid like $20, $30 million to knock someone out on New Year's Eve. We'll talk about that. That's how great some people are. You're just getting paid to knock someone out. That's awesome. Make sure you take enough steroids in the hand so you don't break them, but we'll keep moving on from that. Y'all have a great day. I love each and every one of you. And one more time, because I don't think they heard me in the back, pray for Ukraine and Putin. Just sit your ass down. Good night. Have a good one.